Cuba Rasa. This is Eddie, and thank you for tuning in and catching another episode. I'm here with the talented. I'm Dr. Clint Michael Renault, and ladies and gentlemen, the best time of your day is right now because you are now listening to a collection of conversations. Yo, yo, you heard it best. It's a beautiful day to be alive. I am so thankful to be with you two gentlemen. My name is Alex Ortega, and like they said it, this is another episode of a collection of conversations. So first and foremost, before we even get fucking cracking, let's give it up to these two handsome fellas. Mm-hmm. 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 What's up, gentlemen? How I y'all will doing? gladly take that. I will gladly take that. What's going on? How y'all doing? Today? Yeah. Listen, this this is a, a sexy setup. We're here in your studio. We got this vibe going. It's a whole vibe. It's a vibe. <clears throat> I would say so. It's you know? a vibe. I would say I, I didn't know. You know, I felt like I got seduced from the beginning because he greeted us at the car. That was true, right? You get us at the car. It was a whole situation. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I mean, uh, this is uh, an episode that I'm, I'm very thankful for, and y- y'all hear it every time, but this is, uh, I feel very blessed, and I feel very thankful that I have an opportunity to collect conversations with some of the most talented change agents, leaders that come across my life, and I feel almost it is my duty and almost my obligation to give these conversations, give these moments in time to everybody else that's listening. So I, I just want to start off by reading something. So um, kind of a little bit of surprise. We'll see if you know where it came from. But um, I'm here with, with two gentlemen, like we stated. And, and I want to read this because this touches my heart. So let's see if you know where it comes from. And then we'll kind of dive into it. And we'll just go ahead and get this started. But Dr. Clint Michael Renault has an unwavering commitment to removing barriers to success for all students, particularly those populations facing the largest obstacles. Dr. Renault's impact is characterized by a special focus on students who are low-income, first-generation, non-traditional, or otherwise non-supported in the pursuits of higher education. This gentleman has worked tirelessly at efforts at every educational institution he has been a part of to promote and improve educational opportunities and outcomes through partnerships and collaborations. Gathering and activating change-makers from across institutions to dismantle barriers and empower all students to achieve their potential, regardless of their background or circumstances. Dr. Renault's enthusiasm for collaboration contributes to, his, contributes to his successful leadership of multiple departments throughout his career to provide holistic, innovative student support. Colleagues remark that he has an instinct for making things happen. His ability to lead a future-focused team while strategically managing a broad portfolio of programs, enhancing the reach of student support services while keeping a keen eye on how those services can evolve and advance. The reach of student support services while keeping, yeah, there we go. Dr. Renault is known for creating community with everyone he comes across and remarkably so is broadly heralded for his talent at fostering a similar sense of belonging among all students. Dr. Renault strives daily that all students feel seen and heard and known that they matter. So, first of all, I want to say thank you for that because, uh, you know, things things arrive when you need them. Life, the universe, sends you messages sends you things when you most need it. And so you didn't know I needed to hear that today, but you had it prepared and I appreciate it. 
And so what I think, uh, if I recall correctly, that was a letter of recommendation that you wrote. No. No? No. That is from an award you won recently. Oh, that is. That yeah. is. That was the that was the, 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 the statement that went with the award. That was the, it, was. it is, man. It was. I, it is. I appreciate that. NASPA. Yeah, NASPA. The, I won the uh, Senior Student Affairs Administrator of the Year. Yeah. How does so, so so hearing that from an award you won and I was like thinking right I was like God damn I'm gonna write something fucking deep profound intellectually fucking captivating <laughs> and then I heard that and I was like I can't do that yeah let's no. let just let's just run it back one time you know so real quick with that without being said I kind of wanted to set the standard set the tempo of who you are and and that doesn't even identify that doesn't even really capture a third of who you are. That's through a professional lens, and we're going to dig deeper into that, and we're going to kind of get to that. But I'm also with a talented, young, handsome motherfucker, also known as Young Eddie Money, a.k.a. Young Eddie Funny, a.k.a. Third Leg Pegger. What's up, my brother? How you doing, man? Good, man. Good, good. about to walk across the stage in May and be the first in his family to receive a master's degree? And only, you know, when, when... I believe the last time I saw the data is that 10% of the country, only 10% have a graduate degree. And so this man is going to walk across that stage and get that degree and change not only his life, but the trajectory of the life of his family and the community from which he comes. 100%. With that be saying, let's fuck. Let's get some hands clapped for that. Appreciate that. And most importantly, this young man sitting across from me has a face only a mother could love. So what's up, Eddie? How you doing today? <laughs> Good, man. How does it Good. feel hearing that about yourself, hearing the intro for Dr. Renault? What's going on through your big-ass head right now? Oh, well, you know, it, it's, all, it's all great to hear, you know? Uh, sometimes I like, see him like, Dr. Renault, is that okay if I call you CM? Okay, all right. So I see him, like you said, sometimes you just need that. You need to hear it, you know. You might believe in it, you stuff you heard all over again, but hearing it one more time just from specific people just kind of hits a little bit different. So I appreciate that. And, again, a lot of that is, you know, thanks to you guys too as well. So, you know, yeah, uh, come May, a lot of those accomplishments, thanks to you two gentlemen, so I appreciate that. But I'm doing well, doing well, can't complain. Feel relaxed, uh, opened, up a, opened up a couple uh cold waters right now so we're waiting for a couple more and just getting relaxed man getting the day started that's what's up my day's coming to an end i don't know about y'all goddamn must be nice but hey man thank you thank you both for being here because this is like a little project that we're working on i think a little social project to capture these moments in time they they wither right they they're like it's it's all temporary everything's temporary so it's really important for me to capture so dr renault what's up so listen i just want to say first of all when you you know you gave that very kind introduction and I appreciate that. And I received that. I want you to know that I received that. Uh, and I am thankful, truly, that it arrived when it did because you never know when someone needs to hear something. And so I appreciate you reminding me and for that gift. What I need you both to know is that uh, both of you are young men who, who elevate the game on so many levels. You know, you're both in graduate programs. We've got a, you know, Alex, who is beautiful with throwing compliments out and and giving praise, doesn't receive it all the time, doesn't doesn't like to receive. And so I'm going to 
put you on the spot a little bit on your own podcast. I hope you don't mind, brother, no, but I need, you to, I need you to sit there. And so this motherfucker is teaching mm-hmm. at a university. And not only any university, teaching at a very elite private institution, doing your thing, helping the most, um, helping center those who have often not found themselves uh, easily step into higher education. And you're doing it with grit, and you're doing it with resiliency, and you're doing it with heart. And so the fact that I'm getting to sit here with uh, Professor Ortega is a beautiful thing. I appreciate that, man. That's That's, a gift. Yeah, you know, for some of us, it's not always, it's easier to give than to get. Uh So I appreciate that. And, you know, I want to go back to what I read and and what I found that was most inspiring for me was um, Dr. Clint Mike wrote, gathering and activating change makers from across institutions to dismantle barriers. And recently when I was prepping for this conversation, I was really kind of looking back into your life and looking about what you've done and what you've accomplished, not only in a professional context, but as a human being, right? Because the, a lot of these, um, you know, these things they write about you, they kind of deep dive into your personal life. And I, and you know, I really took some time to sit with it and, and really try to empathize with it. And you've overcome some shit, man. You've overcome some shit, like not in, not as a professional. I mean, I'm sure there's some professional obstacles you've overcome, but as a human being, man. So before we get into that, what's up, man? Like, tell us a little bit about your life. Like, uh, where were you born? What type of cereal did you eat? Like, how did shit start for you, man? Well, first of all, what was your favorite type of cereal growing up? Um, um, so, okay, so I grew up, my mom and I struggled with money, right? So usually whatever cereal was available was whatever I got put in the box, right? <laughs> like a chest. And she was like, you're going you're gonna to put a smile on your face and you're going to eat this, right? <laughs> And so I think I, I liked Frosted Flakes. Classic. Uh, or whatever the generic brand of Frosted Flakes was. Or just Kellogg's with the rooster. Right. It may not right. It may have been the rooster. It may have been the cousin of the rooster. I don't even know. It may have been some craw-footed. Crawfish. Okay. some roosty craw-footed mother. Yeah. But I, I also liked um, uh, Cocoa. What is it called? Cocoa Puffs? Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like the little, because it, you know, we, listen, we didn't get to buy chocolate milk in my house. So if you could, if you could pour a little bit of that milk in there and then the little chocolate cereal gets up in there, you thought you had some chocolate milk. That was big time. That was yeah. big things. Eddie, if you had a guess, because there's a, there's a wide milk variety. Mm-hmm. You go to milk, like the lactose section. Yeah. What do you see, Dr. Clint Micron? Does he get the 2%? No, he's no. definitely whole milk, man. You he's whole meet milk. The, you meet this cat, he's, he's definitely whole milk. You know, he's, not, he's non-lactose. He's full. Like, you know, like he's pretty much straight from the cow. You know what I mean? Straight from the Whoa. udder. How do you respond to that? Is, is that accurate, Dr. CM? I mean, I, I feel attacked. <laughs> I uh, I mean, I would say uh, Young Buck is probably not wrong, though. Yeah. Oh, you're a whole milker. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, I like. I mean, if if you can get the if you can get the whole milk, that's great. Otherwise, if I'm trying to be cute on some days, if I need to fit into a, a, a certain suit, 
it's going to be that 2%. Mm. 2% so, you know, it. it's going to be the 2% when I'm trying to be cute for the people. No, but I, if I'm, if I'm feeling like I'm living lavishly and if I'm feeling like I'm, I'm feeling good with myself, it's going to be, the, it's going to be the whole damn cow. I respect that, man. And you deserve it. You're worthy of whole milk. You, you said something <laughs> yeah. that like growing up, maybe money wasn't, you know, money was kind of funny. What was your youth like? Like, where'd you grow up? And, and so, what was that like? So the beautiful thing was, um, I just actually talked to my mother about this the other day and it was a gift. Shout out to mama. So, Ray. yeah. So, um, my mom is English. My dad's from Texas. So I grew up back and forth, always going back to, back to England, back to Texas. And, uh, which made for great, I mean, a great, made for a great childhood. I was, I, was, I explored London. I got to see, uh, you know, a lot of beautiful things in England also made for great therapy. I mean, you know, this whole, this whole like cultural <laughs> situation when you're going back from Texas and London, but what I would say is that, um, you know, my as first generation, the area that I'm from in Texas uh, and in Northwest England, where my family, it's not a college-going uh, culture. You didn't see, you didn't have mates that were talking about college. You didn't have homies that were that were talking about let's let's go to school, let's go to college. So you, you didn't. It, it wasn't a perpetuated behavior to think about going to college, and so. Uh, a lot of people talked about, you know, when, when you graduated, you were going to work at the plant. Mm. You were going to, uh, you were going to, you know, work at a car dealership. You were going to, do, you know, whatever. But it was mostly like, let, let's get focused on getting a good job in the plant. And so when I grew up, when I was, I remember uh, education. Uh, you know, my mother was was very big on education. I remember we lived in. Uh, my one of my earliest memories is she and I lived in, she was at Sam Houston State University and she was trying to put herself through college. Mm. She was first generation. She didn't know anything about college and she had a, she had a kid. So I remember it at like four and five, uh, she would, she was in school herself and she would only be in school in the time that she could pay for it, right? So there would be semesters that she could be in school there would be semesters she couldn't be in school. Uh, we lived in family housing, in the in the uh, on campus residence that was like family housing, which meant that there were these old ass, uh, pretty much, you know these these old ass apartments that uh, were just were old and very, you know, and back in the day when they called them dorms, that's what it looked like. But what I recall from that. And I remember she was a bartender. She was a bartender. She was a cleaner. And she was a, a hotel. Uh, she cleaned hotels. She was a hotel uh, uh, cleaner. Sounds like a hustler to me. Yeah, she always was doing, she was always doing something, right? And I remember at night, she would, she would bartend at night, through the night. And, you know, she had me, my, one of my very earliest memories of diversity was that she set me up with, I, I remember in so many ways, my formative years, I had a, a woman who watched me while she was at work at night and overnight. Uh, it was an Indian woman uh, who her family had just moved from uh, Delhi, New Delhi in India. And so I remember at that time, like four or five, I would eat those dishes and mm. I was always around the, the Indian family. And so when it came time to eating, starting to eat other food, I was like, someone put mashed potatoes in front of me. I'm like, what the hell is this? 
like mashed potatoes. Ugh. I'm like, right, that's not curry. It's not, you know, yeah. like that guy grew up kind of in that, in that mindset of, of, of thinking about that. And so it was interesting for me, but I remember her, she was putting herself now what I didn't have appreciation at the time, obviously, cause I was a kid, but what I know now was that she was hustling so hard, busting her ass. I mean, her, her, my, my grandmother was a, a cafeteria lady. Mm. Right. And, and she advanced to become a cafeteria manager at a school. And so that was big for, like, you know, that was big. Like, you, she advanced, and we were so proud of her. Um, but that's what we knew. Like, that's what we knew in terms of success. And so my grandfather was a, a uh, veteran uh, who had traumatic experiences with, with disabilities and PTSD and schizophrenia and all that kind of stuff. And so one of the fondest memories that I, I recall growing up in, the, in that family housing and with her, you know, uh, she would take me to campus with her. That's the first I, I got used to a college campus because I would be in classes with her. Oh, as she was a student, she yeah. would bring you? I mean, oh, she couldn't afford she couldn't afford childcare. So she would have to talk to her professor and say, I've got to bring my kid with me. And so she would always take me to the, to the university library she would take me to a, like a kid's section or try to like children's literature and I would get books and books and books and I would read them under the table while she was doing her homework or whatever and then I would go with her to class and I would sit in those classes. Uh, but that was my first, first exposure to higher ed. And she, uh, and I remember that our, I even said this the other day to her, I said, I remember, I so recall vividly when I was little, like five, we didn't have money for presents or a Christmas tree. And she grabbed, we had a potted plant in the house. It was this little wimpy ass plant, right? It was just, it was like some punk of a plant. But it was, she thought we need a little green in the house because she would teach me every day to feed it. You, this is your responsibility. Give it food, give it light, talk to it. You have to talk to it. And I remember she, we didn't even have money for decorations. And I, I recall going into like neighbor's houses and said to her, there's Christmas. They have these trees with lights. You know, we don't have anything. <laughs> Gifts. Right, right. I mean, hello. And, um, and so she, we baked some like uh, cookies or something in the oven, if I recall. Like we made, we drew together some, some pictures and cut them out and we hung them on the tree. And that was my first memory of a Christmas tree. And for me, I told her the other day, that was the best gift that you could have ever taught me because that taught me that it wasn't about any of that other bullshit. It was about that moment being with her. And um, that tree signified the fact that it, we called it a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> and that was, that was our tree. And that to, them, to my day, to, and, I've, and I've seen some beautiful trees. I've, I've experienced some great trees. But to my day, that was my best Christmas tree. It's, it's interesting because when you tell that story, like you, you, you talk about your mother with such passion and yeah. with such love. It seems like she was a, a pivotal person in your life. Yeah. I mean, dude, I can't imagine because uh, my father was out of the picture always. Since? I mean, I mean, he dipped in and out. And when he dipped in, it was abusive or toxic. But, and that's always happened until I made the decision. I probably made the decision and, and, 2006 that that was it that was it I, I couldn't allow as a grown man I couldn't allow another man to try to to uh, verbally abuse put his hands you know 
treat me any kind of way that other than a man need to be treated. And I had to put some boundaries there. But what, what I, what I think about now is that her age, she had me when she was, I think 20, maybe 21. And so I can't, I'm going to tell you, I know who I am. Like I've like, I like baby. I like life. Right. So I know what I was doing at 21. I know what I was doing at 31. I know what I'll be doing, you know, at 41. <laughs> like, I like life. I live life well. You live it that way, too. Right. So yeah, and yeah. I can't imagine mm-hmm. raising a kid. Like, I can't imagine doing that, man. I can't imagine. Like, and when she's in college, and you should be in college, you should be, li- baby, live your life. Because when I was in college, it took me six whole years, right? Not four, not five. It took me six whole years to get a bachelor's. But uh, I'm just thinking, she did that without having any anyone kind of be able to guide her in terms of the way you talk about school or she did that with me like I was in kindergarten she was still getting you know we were still we were both kind of doing the school thing together right and so I think about like the shit that I did in college she had a had to have a very much more disciplined attitude about school she had to have a very much you know like she had this little thing glued to her hip yeah and I'm like damn so I my, my hat is off. I have, a, I have a whole appreciation for her. You can Shout see out. it when you speak. Yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to Mama Mama CM. Yeah, you know, International yeah, yeah, yeah. Women's Day, Women's yeah. Month. Right. Shout out to Mama Cheers. CM. Cheers. 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 Yeah, we'll send her gift. a copy. Send her a copy to this, however you want it. Floppy Sound. disk, CD. Floppy disk, I would Floppy think. Floppy disk. Yeah. yeah. Seems, self, seems so selfless. Like, when you talk about her, she seems so selfless. Yeah. Like, she, you were uh, obviously at the, the forefront of her mind, and, and she seems like... She put she she made a lot of sacrifices for you, right? You yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, I, um, I mean, dude, I I remember her working multiple jobs. Like she she taught and not she taught during the school year, then she taught summer school, then she she taught she waitressed, right? Doesn't mean to school. She um, she taught at a college at night. So it was like she was always on the hustle. She had this hustle mentality. And she did it without, she did it without, um, you know, what's interesting is the British part of us, you know, the the British, and I I love my British heritage. I will claim it all day long. But also a part of it is you do it, you you, you kind of survive life. And you do it without without a lot of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. and you don't talk about it. You don't process stuff. And so I, I believe she walked through a, a lot of her life without, um, you know, maybe she had friends that she was processing with or I wasn't aware of or whatever, but I, you know, she did it without uh, making it about her and without ma- and without uh, spilling all of that out. And I, I'm just, I'm so impressed. What were your formative years like, like growing up, like, Cause I, you know, as a, she was a single parent at the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was preoccupied with work and mm-hmm. getting, getting, make sure the, the Christmas trees there, you know, that rendition of the Christmas tree. Did, were you, were you an extrovert? Like, did you have a lot of friends growing up? Were you kind of an introvert kind of by yourself? Like what, what did that look like for you? Oh man. So, um, in, so that this is the crazy, this is the crazy shit, man. So like in, um, in elementary school, I, I feel like it was good 
I feel like the years, that's the hardest. I always knew I was something different, right? So I knew there was something different about me. From like second grade, I knew I was gay. Oh, second grade? Second grade. I knew. And that's knew. just, that. How, how, how is that? Like, what, I, what knew, that? Uh, I knew, <laughs> I remember, <sighs> I remember I had a crush on this dude in my class. And he was, uh, he had immigrated, him and his family had immigrated from Mexico. And they, uh, he was learning to speak English. And I just had the biggest crush on this dude. And I, I just thought he was the coolest guy. And I remember, you know, at, at, back in the day, in elementary, I don't know if they do this now, but back in the day, they used to do like Christmas, Christmas, whatever. Like Christmas like card. Christmas uh, gifts. And like you had to do like uh, Christmas gifts and you do the exchange. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Like a, a brown elephant. Right, right, right. I'm just kidding. And, white elephant. <laughs> white elephant. There you go. And so I remember he, um, <laughs> he, um, I remember he was nervous because he told me that he, he and his family, like he, he they didn't have a ton of money. As best like a second grader can say that, right? But now I think back, that's what he was saying, right? And so he he was nervous about the gift because he said he didn't buy a gift that they had to that they brought one of his little brother's gift toys okay. in, and they wrapped it. And it was, and so I remember he said he was afraid of what people were gonna say when they saw the gift because he it looked he thought it was gonna look really cheap or really kind of very little for a little like a little kid. She had the self-awareness already though. Right. Oh, so yeah. he was nervous. He was, ner I just remember him being nervous as hell about having that gift opened up and he thought he was going to be judged about it. And so I remember asking him what, what, what did you wrap it in or whatever? And so I took that gift and I just said, you know, I, I opened it up and it, and literally, I mean, literally it was, it was like a little, I mean, you, it was like a little three, four year old gift. Like it was yeah. like a little tugboat for a bath or whatever. And I just remember saying, like, this is the most badass gift. Like, I didn't have Hyped this. Like, yeah, I was trying to hype them up and gas them up. And just, I just remember doing it that time because I wanted, I wanted a win for him, you know? I wanted a win. And, and so I knew then I was different. And so I carried that in. I had a very hard childhood with my father. A very hard childhood. Uh, who was, you know, homophobic, racist all kinds of things. And in intermediate school, kids can be the worst in intermediate age. And I remember um, it got to a point where uh, I wanted to commit suicide. Mm. And at, I, at what age did you start having those thoughts or feelings? Uh, I was probably, whatever you are, like in 6th, 7th, and 8th. Okay. So like 12 to, I don't know, 13, 14. And so I remember telling my mom, if I, I climbed a tree one day, and I, my grandma had a tree in her front yard. And I said, if I could fall out of this tree right now, I could break my arm, I could break my leg, I could break something. And it would mean that I wouldn't have to go to school. Mm. And so it was just, I was, I was very tormented in middle school. Very, like, I mean, it was every day, it was bad. It was really bad. And I remember my mother, I didn't know at the time, but I remember my mother called a counselor and said, I think my son is going to kill himself. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And I need you to see him. 
And you were in, where were you living at that time? We were in Texas. Okay. So again, think about, it was all very hyper-masculine. It was very, you know, and, um, and I also was at a school that was very affluent, mm. uh, that were private, uh, predominantly rich white folk. And, um, and, you know, it was just, we didn't have, we, we weren't on the same level. My mom and I weren't on the same level. Like some days I would go to school and um, we would have lights. Some days we wouldn't. Some days we would have heat or hot water. Some days we wouldn't. I mean, you know, it was just, it, it, it's, it, it's the way it went. And yeah. it, it was like that all the time. And so um, I remember afterwards my mom, when, and when high school came from the high school, I remember my mother told me, she worked in another. She worked at a high school that was across, you know, across the tracks, so to speak. And so, it was a primarily a minority-serving high school. It was mostly black and brown folk. And she said, "I'm pulling you out of that school. You're not going to go to. You're not going to go to that the other high school. I want you to come to my high school where I work at because it's a different vibe. It's a different type of student. I, I want you to to go here, and I want you to figure out who you are." And so I did, um, and I, like I, that just, one, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Eliberto who. I saw just, you make a face right now that felt like that tequila just hit you right in the tequila. face right now. See, Big a shout whole out, smack, yeah. a whole smack, a whole smack, a whole smack. And for anybody who's listening, that that was a uh, that grinding we heard in the mm. back. That wasn't from a molcajete. What was it? <laughs> what was it from? That was from the Himalayan salt. So Alex, he likes he lives good, you know, and he's a very healthy guy and. He loves cooking with Himalayan salt. That's one of the secret recipes to the ultimate Paloma. Right. Mr. Clint Michael Renault loves drinking. It d- and, and whose recipe is it? That's mine. That's yours, baby boy. That's mine. That's, That's a family yours. recipe right Thank there. You. Thank mm-hmm. you. So, yeah, so I went to high school, and it was a brand new experience. Did I you? Mean, it was like I, I hung out with everybody, man. I hung out with the football players. I hung out with the theater people. I hung out with the band nerds. I hung out with everybody. Uh, I was voted... Um, Student body, you know, I was, I was. Say it one more time for the people in the back row, man. You were voted what? (laughs) You were voted what? I was like, listen, man, I was, I was. Best dressed? Listen, I I was student body president. I was, I was, all all of that kind of stuff, man. And so I gave the graduation, I gave, I gave the graduation speech. Um, And so I think from where I was to where I ended, that was a blessing. But it also set my, my trajectory of life because I was around us I was around a different group of people that had a different vibe a different mm. mentality it, it allowed me to celebrate different dimensions of diversity it allowed us to come up who you know everybody in that space was first gen everybody in that space was was trying to knew what the struggle meant about not having some days you listen my mom used to always say and it was she said it as a joke but it was the truth she was like listen Michael you don't if, if I checked the mail and the bills came in, she's like, you don't pay those till it's pink, right? <laughs> like we don't have the money to pay those until it gets pink. That's when they're real serious about it. And so, uh, you know, people understood that and it was just a different mentality. And it's just like, people saw you and met you for who you are. And, and it was a different vibe. And so that's, that, I think that's how I've always, um, I think that's how I've always grown to, to connect with communities of color because sure. that's how I was so connected with communities of color and, and it's helped me to serve as an accomplice. It's helped me to serve as an ally. It's helped me to, to, to just be in community with. 
in support of, in love with. And um, it's, it stretched me and, and helped my own growth. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, that's, that, that was kind of growing up, man. That was, that was growing up. That was that that led you right into high school, huh? Yeah, so that that was me in high school, man. That was my high school experience. It's interesting because, like, I, I what I trip out on Eddie is that like he's in a different part of the nation. Obviously, he looks different, right? He's a he's a a white appearing, blue eyed, chiseled features. Looks like a young uh, Matthew McConaughey. I Brad need Pitt. you. I need you to fill out my Tinder profile. Young, looks like yeah. a young Hello. Brad Pitt. Young Brad Pitt and Troy. Hey, yeah. I take it. I take it. Yeah, you look like you. Hey, hey, hey! You look like a like you look like a handsome Brad Pitt. Like if Brad Pitt were to upgrade, you look like him. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is that we hear his story, and I'm sure there's aspects of his story that you can relate to. And you come from a completely different world, you know, Bakersfield. You know, what what, what kind of resonates with hearing that? Like up into you know first grade, all the way into high school. <clears throat> I guess there's a, yeah, there's a lot of similarities, but I guess. Before we dive into it, I guess for all you people using Tinder, if you see Brad Pitt, you know, match you, it's, you know, you're not getting cat. Yeah. He's the real deal. Hey, you, know? you better his, swipe right. Yeah, but his name's CN. <laughs> so look out. But yeah, I would say it's a lot of similarity. So I say Bakersfield because that's what people know geographically, right? They It's big enough where people know, okay, they have a an idea where it's located. But Name of the town is called Rich Grove, California. So shout out to all my Rich Grove folks out there. Shout small, out. small little agricultural town, roughly around 2,000 people in population. A lot of farm people. That's what we do for work. So if you're either picking grapes, blueberries, you know, not they don't do it like that by hand anymore, but working in pistachios, whatever. Anything agriculture, that's, that's where it gets done. We feed the world down there. But, yeah, a lot of similarities. You know, we didn't. So, we didn't. so did. So it's, it's a lot of it's a migrant community. Definitely a migrant uh, immigrant community. So I remember, and would and would, did you tell me that you were that your family, your mom and dad would would go and and work in the fields for different seasons? Yeah. So that's that's what they did. You know. So their their education it's like a first third grade level education in Mexico. You know. So I don't know what that translate out to here, but not a whole lot. You know. This not this not shots at my parents, but it's like no. barely learning. You know, barely being able to do. Uh, certain level of math enough to like hey what's coming in what's coming out you know that's you know basic stuff so yeah that that's what they would do they would pick they would mainly work in the vineyard so picking grapes you know pruning the tree the the vineyards whatever they had to do but what i was going to say was you know you mentioned growing up not having a whole lot i know this now but tillary county it's one of the poorest counties to live in in california so very very low income families there and you know Growing up, though, I guess I was fortunate enough to not feel like I was that, like that, that we didn't have much. Right. But I think that, come, you know, I know a lot of that comes from my mom being able to stretch out a whole dollar, you know. So up. we grew up where, hey, if, if there was nothing, there was never nothing to eat. There was always frijoles, nopales, whatever we had. And we grew nopales in the backyard. So and we had those, you know, every day, every day if we had to. So. It was cool, you know, uh, come, you know, being able to grow up in a family like that where I guess the mindset it's, hey, there's always something, right? Mm -hmm. You could always do something or do something when it comes to earn a little bit more money or, or, you know, hey, feed the family, whatever it is, right? It's like kind of like just keep moving forward in that kind of mindset. But yeah, it, it, it was, it was, it was sad when some of my other friends had the nicer gifts at Christmas and then we didn't have a whole lot, you know, but. 
I think early on we understood that and then we wouldn't ask for a whole lot, but. And kids are resilient. Like, I feel like we learn, like when you, when you know something is up, when you know something is, when you start recognizing difference, I think even as kids, like innately you want to protect your parents. And so you, like you said, you know, you didn't want to ask for much. And so you don't, right? You, you, you learned, you learn what the situation is and you, you live within that situation. You live to that reality. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. You know, you have better words than I do, CM. I oh, would, man. You're about to get, you're, yeah. I'm about to call you master. You're about to get the master's yeah, degree, brother. Come I know, on. man. You're, I'm, I think I'm getting a kink out of it now. You know, I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm finding like, I want people to refer to me as master. You know? Okay. Hey, yeah. call me master. Yeah. You know, okay. that's, that's, that's a, that's interesting. Yeah, no. That, what, that's a whole of the podcast. That is. And what, what I really find, you know, fascinating is that this is like how all this shit started was like collecting these conversations because I've been honored to sit in a room with both of you chopping it up. But if you look at it on like on surface level, right, we look at it, you know, Dr. Clint Michael Renault, you have that title, the way he looks. Hey, I'm going to keep it real. You know, I don't know if this is a controversial thing to say or not but i would look at him on the surface level and not think i have a lot to relate to him and that's just keeping it you know a million pesos so but then when i get to know his story i get to know his 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 fight what he's endured you know you look past skin and you look past complexion and you look back like oh shit this guy did not have an easy upbringing and a lot of the shit he's been through number one is fucking it's inspiring Number two, there's a lot of relatability. And number three, instills hope. You know what I mean? And that's fucking powerful, man. When you go through some shit and then you could look to someone and instead of making excuses, instead of fucking blaming, you just say, this person's been through shit and they've been able to fucking persevere and accomplish a lot. You know, you almost get attracted to them and you get drawn to them to be around them. And that's how I always felt about you and the way you lead. So... Um, that's kind of the idea behind this because both of you are leaders in my life. Both of you are people that I've learned from, I've grown from, I've been humbled by. And to get all in the same room and to chop it up and and really talk about our similarities, I think, is how we change society and how we change culture and how we change a lot of things. I, You know, the thing is, Alex, I, I um, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing how... Um, everyone has something that they've survived, mm-hmm. whether it's trauma, childhood trauma, whether it's the, the, the trauma that we've overcome because we've all survived sitting around this table. We've all survived the trauma of what our parents kind of spilled out from parents because of their own, their body, own trauma, their own trauma. <laughs> right? So there's that, there's those pieces. So you're a survivor for that mode. Um, and then we're survivors of the trauma that the world puts upon you. Big facts. Um, you know, in, in, in 2014, I was a survivor of, uh, uh, 2015, I'm sorry, I was a survivor of a hate crime. I lived in a very progressive city in Texas, in Austin. I never thought, I mean, I, I, as a man, I, I was filled with kind of male privilege I never hesitated walking to my car by myself. I never thought a crime would come upon my body. And, you know, still to this day, I have scars 
from that. I was cut with a knife. I was, you know, I had 11 fractures in my face. God I had, um, I was choked out over three hours and, and you know, I truly thought I was going to die. Uh, and, and so the fact when you, when you say seeing past complexion or color or whatever the, the case may be, at the end of the day, when someone has a heart to listen and to want to learn from each other, that's what it's about. And to be in community with one another, that's what it's about. And, and learning how to use, um, learning how to use the, uh, the idea that each of us come to this table with a certain amount of power and a certain amount of privilege. And how do we use that? How are we aware of that? To widen the circle of success and inclusion for others. That's what it's about. Because of all the things that the world will tell you um, that, that separates us, we're all seeking validation. Yeah. Everyone is seeking validation in some form or another. Heriberto wants to know, you know, am I validated? Am I welcomed? Am I valued? Do I belong? You want to know, am I enough? Am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of, of this success? And all people want to know three things in common. We have three things in common. People the world over, no matter where you go, no matter who you are, no matter what you're about, all people want to know, do you hear me? Do you see me? And does what I say matter? And that's what it's about. And so if you can reach to the root of that with people, you can cross lines of division and you can try to set places and spaces to find commonality and to find mutual respect and to find ways to support, champion, to serve as an accomplice, to move, remove, push down, kick through barriers, whatever needs to happen. Uh, but you have to learn to listen first to see what the other person needs. So to true. see how the other person wants to be validated. So, so true. I mean, I, shit, I see what you mean. Eddie Hay says it good, huh? He, yeah, I mean, you're so right, you know what I mean? And I don't want to... I don't want to agree. I want. I don't want to like move past that because that that is so accurate. You know, I, I want to say a quote, and then I want. I want to see if you know who said that, because I want to get past the. I want. You know, we kind of left out at high school, and I want to see how someone like you, with that much adversity, with having a little. You know, shout out to the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. You know, what I'm saying, still overcome a lot of shit. Somebody once said, Eddie, as a gay student with a disability, my undergraduate education was not easy for me. I was once told by a math professor and chair of the department that I would never, ever graduate with a degree. I was told college was not for me. Who said that? <laughs> I said that. So, so those are harsh words. Yeah, man. And I want to say it one more time for the people in the back. As a gay student with a disability, my undergraduate education was not easy for me. I was told by a math professor and a chair of the department that I would never graduate with a degree. I was told college was not for me. So somebody, an adult, a grown-up who had been through life, looked you in your eyes and said, you're never going to degree, you're never going to graduate, college ain't for you, go work at the plant, go with your mama, go collect cans, go work in the field, 
How the fuck did you overcome that? How did you how did you persevere through that? Man, so this is the deal. I um oh man, you did your research. I um so I it like I told you, it took me six, it took me it took me six years to 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 graduate. I had a, a severe disability. Learning I, I didn't I don't say I I shouldn't say had, I have, because disabilities don't go away. I have a learning disability in math. And I didn't get diagnosed until college, right? In high school, it fucked with me because I was, even though I wasn't officially diagnosed, my ass was taking, uh, I was put into a special ed math class we're talking through high school right so i was i I failed algebra one i took it in the summer i failed algebra one again and then you know in in texas i don't know about in other states but in in texas they have these uh state mandated tests and if you don't pass the state tests uh you, you you don't walk you don't graduate and so it was getting up to the point where i was like Shit, I'm I'm not, I may not graduate, and here I am in, in honors English, honors science, honors, you know, all these honors courses, and I'm supposed to be the graduation speaker, and and my ass is in, you know, not able to pass this, this state test, and so I got put to a special ed math class, and for me that was in call in high school I was like, dude, because you know. I, your boy turned it around in high school, like in, in intermediate give school. Give it up to the boy. You know, around in high school, baby. listen, baby. You know, in intermediate school, I was trying to fall out of trees to not go to school, right? I was trying to break <laughs> a little something. But in high school, I was the, I was the man, right? I was doing shit. Okay, I was popular, right? Now. So I was, trying to, I was trying to do a little something, right? I see Eddie staring deep into your right. eyes. Right. Eddie, I'm just captivated. I'm I, drawn in. I've been wanting. I, I knew that day would eventually come. I've been waiting for it, but you know. So I was gonna. This is the end. I'm gonna draw the line right now, right here. I'm gonna draw right here. <laughs> you ain't to step over that. <laughs> that I mean, that's a cute line. That's a cute line. That's cute. That's cute for the people. Love. That's Different cute type for the of people. Love. So I was put into a special ed math class, and so I was like, I knew the kind of class I was going into, right? So I was like, damn. So that was my whole perception. I had to get around as well. That was my whole. My stuff I had to work through. But in college, I didn't get diagnosed till college. And it was severe. It was a severe learning disability with mathematics. If, if you're comfortable. In the it was like dyscalculia, dysgraphia. Okay. okay. And so, uh, you know, you see the numbers uh, incorrectly. They're reversed. You, you see the, the problems. You, you, you read them and it's, it's um, they flip and it's, it's not, the, it doesn't make sense. So the name of it again? There's there's two forms. It's dyscalculia and dysgraphia. Hey, growing up, I thought that was just like, hey, stop being stupid, fool. Yeah. You know, that's what my yeah. on your head. Huh? A lot of people growing stop up, it, the man. you're like, I actually can't see this. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, growing up in poor communities, they're like, hey. So hey. it's like being dyslexic, but with numbers. Numbers, yeah. Oh, gotcha. What is it called? Arrhythmia? Yeah, so <laughs> dyscalculia and dysgraphia. Dyscalculia. So like calculator. looking at it, I went to, uh, it took me, so I couldn't pass algebra in, in college. Couldn't pass it to save my life. And it took me uh, 16 times to take that class. 16 times. So that meant I had to, re, I had to pay. Every, it delayed my graduation because I, I 
you know, you, you had to reach a certain point to, to advance into your senior level classes. And it took me 16 times. And so I had to pay. I was working as an RA. I had two jobs going through college. My mom was working multiple jobs. Um, and it just delayed. It delayed everything. And so, again, all my friends were graduating, and I was still steadily chilling. I'm just, like, embarrassed, depressed, all kinds of stuff because I, I couldn't get through this class. And I did. I had that dude. Old dude told me, old boy said, you will, who was the chair of the department, you will never, uh, you'll never get a degree. College is not for you. You should, you should consider going work for the plant. And when I finally presented him with my, uh, I presented him with my documentation, when I presented him with the fact that I did have a disability, he told me that learning disabilities, this fool said this, learning disabilities were, um, he did not believe it, they were made up, that invisible disabilities did not exist. He said, if you were to go out skiing and you broke your neck and you were in a wheelchair, I would believe you. But uh, the fact that you say that you have a, that, you know, that there's a learning disability, I think that that just is lazy. You're just lazy. And so college is not for you. You need to go work at the plant. And, um, and so what that did was that drove me because I ended up filing a suit against the university with the Office of Civil Rights. And eventually there was a change in chairs. There was a change in the dean of math. Uh, and there was a course that was developed for individuals with disabilities in math-related fields. And so that's how I graduated. But I also was able to enact that change. And so, um, listen, I love, and, 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 you know, the, the fact is, is that that's what spurred me. And the, the beautiful thing was it was a full circle moment because um, I mean, it allowed me to help create empathy in how I deal with students. But the crazy thing and the way life works is that years later, I became the director of the Office of Disability Services That's at Texas up. State, which served me and tried to advocate for me when I was at Texas State. And so I became the director of that department. And so I, it was a full circle moment for me to help students who are marginalized and help center folks who are marginalized and help press folks who have often pushed in the margins, press them to center. Because uh, you, you never know who needs to have their story shared and who needs to have their opportunities and their and their access expanded and made available see I mean, if, if if you were in in that chair right if you were the main person there does it take you six years to complete your degree maybe hell no no right hell no that's what i was saying like if you could go back and someone you know that was you know as a huge advocate like yourself baby you i was a communication studies major i mean yeah. it's cute i love communication studies yeah. right i got to work at the bbc for a mm -hmm. little while uh, but that didn't, that shit didn't, I mean, we're not, I'm not a civil engineer. No. I'm not a damn uh, mathematician. Like, you know, two plus two, but that's Baby, it. that's like, all let's I need. Listen, you know, I, I try to keep my check, try to keep my, my little balance of my account, right? But it didn't take no damn six years. And so. So being put in that position yeah. now, did you feel like this extra, like, 
like calling to like, hey, now I really have to inspire change, right? I really have to create change, oh, yeah. right? When you got into that position. Yeah, because it, it lit a fire. It lit a fire. And it showed me firsthand as a white, able-bodied male, you have an enormous amount of privilege. So you better show up every motherfucking day and you better look around the table and see who's there and see who's not there. And you better know you have the responsibility and the weight on your shoulders to enact policy, to create an environment, to establish cultures of care that are from a place of love, are from a place of acceptance, are from a place that widens the circle of who's in that circle, that are um, a place rooted in removing barriers for folks who have the cards stacked against them. There will always be folks who have cards stacked against them. My job is to do everything I can, everything I can, to not have to have someone teach me what it's like to be a student from a migrant family that goes and, and serves and works in the field and tries to send a young boy to school or who goes to the, to the military and their first step is on a campus and they don't know how to work that bureaucratic system. It's not someone's job like you or you to teach me what that's like. That's my job to read and research mm. and try to understand so that I can remove barriers that prevent success from the first place, that prevent success from the jump. It's never your job to teach me what your experience is like. It should be my desire to want to know that and learn that on my own and then want to remove as many barriers as I can that are, are built in a way to set students up who may look like you, who may have backgrounds like you or mine, uh, that say you are not welcome or that you're here, but you should be thankful that you're here. I think you've done that in, in every in every step of the way. And I'm not saying that to say that because we're on a podcast, but I've said that to your face. And I, and I, I want to share something with you. Man, there was a Sufi, and if I say this wrong, I apologize, poet, yes. Havis wrote, yes. even after... All this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. No. Look what happens with a love like that. Yes. It lights the whole sky. Amen. It does. And this was dedicated to the boys and men who feel they have to put on a mask of masculinity daily for survival. This was dedicated to those boys and men who choose to boldly live in a space of love and courage. This was dedicated to the boys and men who live in a space of worthiness and engage one another in support of each other's authenticity. 
This was dedicated to the woman who pushed us to lay down the mask and provided us with the love that lights the whole sky. Amen. And so that you came, know who wrote that baby, that was me. And well, you, well I'm gonna call your ass Inspector Gadget. Hold up, real quick. One time, what was that called? What'd you? What'd you? I wrote a. Uh, I wrote a. Uh, many things. I've written. That was my dissertation. Uh, called queering masculinity. Uh, our you know our brothers keepers. There you go. And so. Oh man! And so the 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 beautiful thing is. You know, the sun, right? The sun gives all this love. It gives us heat. It gives us energy. It gives us life. And the sun never says, you sitting here taking all these rays, man. What are you doing? Like, show me, show me some love. Man, it doesn't do that. But the fact is, the sun knows it has privilege, right? The sun knows it has privilege. But the sun acts out and it gives. It gives and it sets out life. And... Um, and so the, the beautiful thing is I, anytime I speak and I, and I do a lot of research and, and, and work around men and masculinities, um, and I always share that with them. I always share that poet with them. What I, my best experience in California, I, I've had so many beautiful experiences at the at the top of my list, I'm going to be honest with you, I've, I've had so many, but this will be the fact that I have come into community with you, Alex, and with you, Eddie, and been in community with you and have shared, and, and your beautiful director, Cameron, right, and have shared such a brotherhood. All of us, come from such different backgrounds. You may <laughs> yeah, look right. at us like on a stream, like how the hell did these... <laughs> Are those people us? friends? Right. I always yeah. out on that. <laughs> right, sure. right. And the fact that um, we have called each other at three in the morning and said, this is what's up, or this is what's going on in my life, and I need you to, to do whatever. Right. Uh, and we also know there are moments where we have, that we serve as each other's cheerleaders, and we're like... Better do it, Eddie. You know you. Would you? <laughs> we we know we celebrate Eddie's third leg every day. Every like we every day. we know it, and we celebrate this motherfucker. And we look at you, and we're like, you're doing this big, badass thing in your studio. Like you were doing it right. So we celebrate. That was Eddie's third leg. That yeah. was Eddie's third it leg. It took that long to drop. <laughs> <laughs> but we 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 uplift each other, and then we also know that there are certain times where we have to shake each other's face mask. Ain't that right? And say, dude. Brother, I love you, and I'm going to need to have a hard conversation with you. Get it together, right? But that's the beauty of it. And so one of my most beautiful experiences about being in California was that, been that our paths have crossed and that this is a lifetime, this is a lifetime thing. This is a lifetime thing. Whether you two want it or not, y'all aren't getting rid of me. And, um, and so, yeah. <laughs> jokes on you bitch yeah. I'm here that was a dope ass dissertation man I got to read it. I actually read it uh, a couple weeks back and, and it, it and I was preparing for this and, and I admire you you're, you're, you're you know you're, you're a mentor of mine uh, someone I look up to and you know you know Eddie I, I'm gonna talk to you right now because I'm just keeping it straight up is that you know we have access and we have privilege to you know an opportunity to, to chop it up with him but the more and more I deep dive into him the more and more I was like whoa like 
And I think I even wrote, you know, full disclosure, we got a little group chat that we te- keep ch- checking with each other every once in a while. Dr. Renault gives us leadership lessons and kind of taps in with us every once in a while. Frequently, I don't want to diminish it, but te- checks in with us and keeps us motivated, keeps us on the, on the, on the up and up. And the, I think I think I shared some pictures and I shared some 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 things that you had written, you know, written and you have been, you know, you you've been a, a a change maker throughout your career. You've been you've been shaking up things and, you know, I was thinking of questions like, brother, he showed me the hairstyles. Those pictures he showed me, I look like in sync. Yeah, like yeah, you look right? like in sync. Right. He had spiky tips. I think hey. it was, you know, but, you know, I was thinking of like. What, what would I really want to know from you? Like, what would I really want to know, you know? And you, you've had a very interesting experience with higher education. And, and me and Eddie have had these talks on the side about his, your perspective, Eddie, on higher education and, and, and some of the, the flaws or some of the inconsistencies you see in working in higher education. And I want to ask you, uh, Dr. Renault, like, uh, from what you've seen, from some, some, some of the stuff you've seen, what 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 keeps you in love with 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 this industry, or what keeps you in love with this profession, right? Because I know, you know, speaking to Eddie, it's easy to fall out of love with it, right? It's easier to 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 point out the flaws or find the in- inconsistencies, and but you you love developing student leaders, you love developing change, you, you're a change maker, you truly are every aspect of the word. So. That was a long-winded way to be like, you know. What are you what, trying to ask us? Really? Yeah, goddamn, oh, Alex, wrap it up. But what 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 causes you to stay in? Can, can I we, still don't we, understand can we, the question. Can we, just, can we say he's never done that a day in his life? But yeah. well, that's another podcast yeah. topic right there. Yeah. Well, wrap it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. My that. boy goes in there raw. Yeah. Ah, raw. Ah. He, ah. he ah. is a frequent. Uh, uh, he intakes uh, lots of penicillin. Yeah. Antibiotics yeah. on the daily. Yeah, I have penicillin on supply. But what makes on you supply. stay in love with this industry? Because it seems like you've been failed on multiple. And we, you know, we don't. Have, you know what I mean? It is what it is. But you, you still love higher education. You still love being at the forefront, the tip of the spear of change. What keeps you in, in love with it? You know. So I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you asked me why I love it. And it's easy to it's easy to get caught up in the why I could why I could say, man, I'm taking a step back. I'm going into corporate. I'm going into mm-hmm. nonprofit. I'm doing whatever. Why I love it is the fact that, and this is not to be cliche. This is not to be melodramatic. This is not to be anything. I mean, look who I'm sitting here with tonight. I'm sitting with you, Eddie. I got to meet you as an undergrad. You know, you were an undergrad when I first met you. I saw you. I saw something, you know, I was like, my God, this dude is sharp, right? This dude is sharp. I was like, you were hungry. And you you were eager and you wanted to, you had come in from your military experience and you had wanted to, um, you just wanted to climb every wall and you, you were like a sponge, you want to soak it all in. And you receive things. You're you're a beautiful soul. You're one of the funniest guys I know. <laughs> That's a fact. And you're but you receive <laughs> That's true. You that are. True. You are. And you receive you receive whatever it is that's around you to learn from. That is true. And then I saw you. 
It went all downhill. No, brother. It was, <laughs> everything was up. Yeah. You, you came up to me. Um, I, I guess I had apparently spoken at a, at an event or at a, at a, um, uh, a student affairs big meeting, a kickoff or whatever. And then we were, we were both speaking at a Disability Day Awareness event. We were both speaking. It's true. It's true. We were both speaking. And you came up to me, and this is what I wish more young professionals would do. You came up to me and you were like, Dr. Renault, my name is Alex Ortega. I work in the Veterans Resource Center. I served in the, in the military. Da, 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 da. You gave me your, you had your elevator speech, right? And you, you, number one, you exuded confidence because you, you approached me, you sold yourself, and you said, now I want to share these three points that really stuck with me from what you said. And you, you pulled out God some damn. notes. Ooh, you pulled out some notes. <laughs> and you had said some things that I said, and I was like, whoa, yeah. you remember that? Like, like, so I was like, dang, th this man was really listening. And you're like, I want to talk to you about that, and I want to explore that. And what I knew from there on, you were a, f you were on fire. And I'm going to tell that. you what, what that means is that your career will always be on fire. I appreciate always. that. Always. That fires me up. Because you are someone who, A, knows how to network. You know how to, when, when some knowledge is, you know, if, if this is the case, if you felt knowledge is being dropped, um, you took advantage of the situation. You learned from it, which tells me you're a lifelong learner. God damn right. Which means that you're not working from ego. You know, so many times folks feel like they have everything figured out, and you know how to, to fucking you you want to absorb and you want to learn. And the beautiful thing is, is that and then I saw you. Um, I poured into you a little bit, but baby boy, I'm gonna tell you right now. The well was already full. Because that. you had grown up with a ton of adversity and you have grown up to overcome and because you could have easily been this or that or every other statistic we read about uh, men of color, right? And you're, that could have been the story. What defined you was the way that you live your life. What defined you was the passion and the hunger that you have for serving others. I appreciate and that, that was clear because you're out in the community hustling you're out in the community hustling every day. Yeah. You're hustling, you're 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 attracting new students to, to the campus. Appreciate that. Hell you're yeah. out there, you're doing all of this and and you're teaching. Yeah. And so when Maya Angelo says when you learn, teach. And that's what you're doing. That's a, that's a that's an artist that you you thank you for that. I don't want to preserve that. I'm, I'm learning to be better about accepting compliments and being in the moment with them. So I don't want to preserve that. That's a, that's a coming from you straight up. That's a big deal. So thank you for that. And what's interesting is I remember exactly what I pulled out. So the notes I pulled out was from behind my phone case. Yes, it was. And you said some shit that I had never heard before. And I was like, what the fuck? First of all, you're relatable as fuck. You're charismatic. You're handsome. 
hey, in the eyes of some. Yes, you, know what hey. I mean? you know what I mean? That's questionable. Eddie's like a yeah. point there. Eddie, you know what? Don't <laughs> make me cut you out. Brad Pitt, you know? Okay, thank you. Yeah. We got to humble you real thank quick. You. And you, you said something that I remember that I never heard before, and I was I was drawn to it, but you said we are always becoming. We have never arrived. Right. Not till the day you die, baby. Yeah, and, and you know what? We're and always becoming. We're always in the process of becoming. You we know what? always be better. And that gave me so much peace. That gave me so much peace because a lot of us suffer from imposter syndrome, so I was like, I'm in this position, fucking wearing some fucking slacks and shit. But I'm like, you have these self-doubt. Then I was like, wait, I'm allowed to still become. I'm, a st- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. So it gave me so much peace. So then when I ran into you. And I none of us like, ever will be. That's the magic of it, right? So thank you for that. That, that I'm not, I don't, I don't want to breeze over that. That's, that's magic. And can I just, I'm just going to put this out there for your audience. Okay. Because number one, you're a, you're a multimillionaire multi-million listener podcast like 2.2 you got million these, right now hey thank you right 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 listen yeah. to this man he's got listen to this it's it's uh, a collection of conversations collection of conversations collection of conversations with alex ortega with alex with alexander yeah that was special and so the the fact is is that you know look look at how you're even teaching now you see how you're teaching now like you're teaching now even in ways and media platforms and you know to folks who don't have access to being in a traditional classroom and that's what that's what teaching now you know what i appreciate that man because that was like the underlying thing and i didn't know how to come out and say it but i feel so privileged we talk about privilege male privilege uh military privilege whatever it be but i get to rub elbows with people that are super smart super talented and i'm like dude i feel greedy holding this all in like i want other people that come from where we come from to be like, yo, this is where it is. So I want I want to ask you. So you wrote that dissertation in 2016, 2017, 2016, mm-hmm. and then, well, you were already in the game because I know that I've done some research on you. You've been what 13, 15 yeah. plus years so, in higher education. Yeah, since um, since 2000 and yeah, since 2000. So uh, 2003 to 2007, I was in higher ed in uh, and. K twelve education in London. I worked in London. In London, mate. In London, London, in London, London mate. In London. In London. London. Real quick, let's do a survey of things. Real quick, Eddie, what do you know about London? Give us three things that pop off when you think of. Because I don't know shit about London. What do you know about London? Winston Churchill. There you go. That's one. That's wait. A big hold one. up. That's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. He was yeah. out there fucking around or what? No, he was a prime, he was prime minister, the, right? He was during the World country, War II. Baby. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Fun fact by Eddie. Number one. Yeah. Okay. What's Hello. number two? Hello. Okay. Uh, I guess number two. I guess it would be Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. First of all, let me let me get, don't get me started yeah. on Austin Powers. You remind me of Mini Me. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You remind me of a uh, fat bastard. <laughs> listen, listen. Hold on, man. I don't like yeah. that <laughs> oh my God. bad bastard in the house yeah okay man. so two things two yeah. co- hey look hold on range of diversity winston to the homeboy fucking churchill no, no. winston to who's number two you brought up austin awesome Austin Powers. Powers. That's, a big ass, okay. that's a big ass range. bring us yeah. home papa third fun fact range. about the, london, the, the london. The third fun fact about london mate i guess it would have to be that uh uh, I guess a, they don't like to shave, if, or is that true? I don't know. Not to shave, or baby, that's France. Oh, that's France. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so listen. Oh, I guess uh, they're nerm, they're known for uh, uh, their non non circumcision country oh, rallies. Yeah, I heard exactly. a lot. Yeah, 
I guess they would have to be that. Wait, hold on. Is that is that a factual statement? Factual. Well, you live there, you that know, is, and you're facts. facts. These are facts. Big okay. facts. Big facts. Wait. So hold on. Let's get into that real quick. So they they don't know snip and tuck. I don't know. That's I you know I learned that from you, CM. So you know you live there, you know. So <laughs> let me tell you a story. Real quick. Do you all know? Do we know that London has 170 museums? See. Mm. Yes. Do you all know that London? Is the smallest city in England? No, yes. it's not. That is a factual. Oh statement. no, actually, it is London. Manchester's the biggest. No, London. Okay, so London. Okay, so this is. The I'm not done, goddamn it! I have two oh, more okay, fun okay, facts. Okay, okay, Jesus, okay. I was about Christ. to break it down for you. Do you all know? Okay, that London has over has more than 300 languages that yeah. are spoken in London. It's very okay, and this is the question: Whoever gets this. They will easily, easily. Can they refill my drink? Yes. Whoever gets this has to refill his drink. What does the name London stand for? Oh, shit. Should have paid attention to history. Uh, mm. uh, it, it stands for not having fluoride in, the, in your water. Okay, that's your guess. Eddie, what is your guess? Uh, I will tell you this. That is the wrong one. The wrong answer. <laughs> London stands for maybe like royalty. Oh, the Roman royalty? city or something. Like, it doesn't mean like royalty. walled city or something. It's very, it's very complicated. But the most city. accepted version. Let me let me look it up. Is that the, I got it right here. God damn it, we got Google's. So the most accepted version is that the name for London has derived from the old Celtic word of. Londiness, yes, which means to be bold. That's what bold. I told you. Yeah, you did. I did. Walled city means we're bold, yeah, bitch. We're we got bold. a wall, yeah. and you're one of the That's most true. bold, bold motherfuckers. So let's Thank get back you. into higher education. So you started Boom. off in London, running them streets. Okay, so I was running them streets in London. It, uh, do I get? Did I win a refill? Yeah, we I got you. Okay. I, I got you. I got you. So squirt. We need the squirt. Yeah, we're, the squirt. Gonna, <laughs> we're talking about the soda. Yes. All right, just to make it clear for people who don't have visuals. But listen. <laughs> I mean, times are hard. Um, so, yeah, so I was in London. I worked uh, at a school in London. I was teaching K-12. I was teaching English and media studies. And then I oversaw uh, special educational needs. And then I became an assistant principal for uh, the, the school. And so that was, that was a really cool experience. And then I got a call uh, from... My former VP of student affairs when I was an undergrad, and I was very involved in undergrad. Like I was orientation leader, I was resident assistant, I was all the things, peer educator for health promotions, met, uh, president of Men Against Violence. And she was like, I want you to get your master's in America. And so I came back to the States, did my master's in guidance and counseling with an emphasis on student affairs. And then um, I, and then I worked in higher ed. Um, but in terms of talking about, in terms of talking about um, working with students and loving uh, a higher education, you know, the biggest lesson that I've learned um, is that everything is on a continuum. Everything's on a continuum. You're going to have times that work really well and times that don't. You're going to have times that you feel loved and, and, and appreciated and times that you don't feel like you're loved by the field that you're in. And it's, it's, 
it's life, right? It's the ebbs and flows. But like I said earlier, I, the reason why I do it, I mean, I'm, I'm in spaces with you. I'm in spaces where I see people who, you know, I, I have another student that I mentor who is an, an EOP student. Um, just real quick, CM, can you just uh, explain what EOP is? Like early opportunity program. So that's like his, um, you know, when you're looking at socioeconomic status, it's, you know, it, it's generally pretty low. When you're looking at uh, first generation status, probably first gen. When you're looking at uh, underrepresented, so it's, it's typically folks who are underrepresented in the college field. So this young man is a student of color. He is, his father uh, is in prison. His mother is out of the picture. He was raised by his abuelita. Um, he, he didn't even know that he was going to go to college, right? Like he, he, he took time off. He was, I think he was like 24 before he came to college, to, to, to a four-year institution. Um, and he had a baby, right? He had a baby. And he didn't know that college could be for him, but he learned that it could be. And so our job in co as college leaders and administrators is to make everything possible to work right for that situation and to make him know that no one belongs here more than you, right? That, that you belong here to thrive. And this situation for you is to thrive. Even though if you look on paper at everything about you, looks like there may be things that, that, that are stacked against you. Our job is to figure out how do we remove that? How do we make equitable policies? How do we make equitable practices? And so I got to watch him walk across the stage, taking his baby in his arms with him to get his degree. And that was beautiful. That was a game changer, and that's why we do it. That's what kind of, like Alex said, keeps keeps you in there, right? Working with students. I will say this: what I do remember, you know, about you, you know, working with you would be, although you had your position, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I think you believed in this policy that a lot of people in the military might relate to is just boots on ground. Mm -hmm. Something Alex references a lot: just boots on ground, you know, boots on pavement. And that means meeting the students, yeah, you right? To, Meet, you meeting that one-on-one, -on -one, not just kind of like, hey, let me know, you know, show them face. Hey, what can I do? What do you guys need from me? You'd make it, you know, a mission to go out there and meet people, build that relationship to make them comfortable to where they could now voice that, that, hey, I feel like we need this. You know, we could yeah. benefit from this. And I think that's what made you just a great leader and, and man, just so valuable to, to just, you know, me, anyone that you come across as far as what we could learn from you is you're willing to do that, that well, extra work. Because you don't have to. You don't have to do that. I, you always take that extra step to do it. I think that's something I really appreciate appreciate about you, and I, I always notice. You I, always re I receive that, and I appreciate that, brother. I, You know, the, the fact is is that you, um, you will – it's easy to show up in times of celebration – it's easy to show up at ribbon cuttings. It's easy to show up at opening of centers. It's easy to show up at basketball games. It's easy to show up at, at, at when things are happy. The reality is, is that you build trust only through showing up again and again and again. 
you, you know, when, um, if you want students to believe that you are there for them, you have to show up and you have to put in the time and you have to have the courageous conversations, which means the conversations are not always going to be pleasant. They're not always going to be happy. They're not always going to be, um, uh, good. They're going to be tough. They're going to be ugly. They're going to be hard. But you show up in times of, of difficulty just as much as you show up in times of celebrations. And what I've learned is that in this process, we all have stand-down moments that require us to stand up. We all have moments that, you know, in these stand-down moments when we have to stand up, we have to stand up in the center of ourselves. And you have to know who you are. And so, you know, if I was working with a student who failed a class, or like me, who failed a class 16 times, right? If How I, many? It's a 16. 16? Don't be doing, don't do me, right. don't do me. Uh, if you are working with a student who, who lost their financial aid, if you're working with a student who, you know, got his partner pregnant, and he doesn't know, he didn't know how he was going to pay for anything, right? If you're working with a student who um, who is worried about parents who may be deported, or they might have a parent that is has been uh, deported back to another country, you know, when you when you have a friend that um, has turned their back on you, or when you have a relationship that is ended when you have a job that defined you has ended. There's no question what I've learned throughout the, all of my experience, whether it's a job ending that has defined you, whether it's a relationship ending, whether it's working with students who have had all these things, it's that changing the way you think about the situation is the only key to improving it. And so I know for sure that our hurdles have meaning. Our hurdles have meaning. They have to have them. They have to have meaning. And so being open to the learning from the challenges that come from that is what's necessary and required. Um, we can learn from every situation. And so hopefully we're learning to succeed from those challenges and from getting stuck. You know, I, you know, just real quick, just to I guess sum up, sum up that that, that little you know piece that you just mentioned on TM. I remember this one time Alex wanted to get his steps in, right? He was on a mission getting these steps in, right? Yeah, huffing, puffing, right, sweating, eight, right? seven thirty right. in the morning, sweating, right? sweating, sweat stains, right? Yeah, yeah. We're not not too many people on campus, but we get down to the main strip. Who do we see? Seven thirty. You, you know, not a whole lot of people on campus, especially no administrators or top-level people there. But who do we see? CM, full suit, tie, mentoring a student. <laughs> I remember that. That's where a I fact. Had, where I had, we kind of had to look at each other like, hey, you know, did you see that? Yeah, we saw that. But, of course, then we walked down the same path. You said hello to us. You carried on, right? Because at that time, it was that student's time. That's a fact. That, that's, you know, who had earned your time, right? Because, you know, as, as much as you're willing to give out, you know, everything that you have to everyone. Hey, sometimes some of those students, I feel that like they have to earn your time too, right? There's just too many students that, that, that would require that one-on-one -on -one time. But 
hey, certain students have earned that time where they get that one-on-one time. And you're willing to give it to everyone, but I think that they have to, like, meet you right there, right? Meet you that that 51, and then you'd come that 49. Is my math right? I think I shouldn't be asking Baby, that you question. Be asking I shouldn't be math, asking that I question. I think that, but sounds, come, I think that sounds cute. If they come 51, cute. you come 49, hey, right? You hey, won't meet them in the middle, right? right? Yeah, but you'll meet them right there. So <laughs> sorry, I threw you that math question. No, that's a true. That's a true. I don't even think I've ever, we don't, I don't even know if we've ever said that to you personally, but that's a true story. We were walking through. I kind of made it a point. Learned, actually bit that from him in yeah. full, full disclosure. Like, dude, he walks the campuses. He chops it up with people. And we, I mean, true story. Yeah. We're like, hey, that's how we're going to lead. We're going to lead with doing that. And then we're like, let's get on early, you know, 730, yeah. 745 in the morning. You were sitting, I remember exactly where we were on the main strip of the campus that we work at. And you were sitting in an orange chair mentoring a student that I know. On right the main now, quad. In the main quad, yep. yeah. So, um, Who yeah. I got a text message from today, by the way. Oh, shit. In a yeah. full suit. Yeah. Full suit. Yeah, I was like, God damn. I was a little jealous. I like, man, I don't get to talk to you like that. But then, you know, I had to, you know, humble, take a step back. Hey, take a step back. We, we got to share this, man. You know, we got to share. CM, we've talked about elementary school. We've talked about coming out in the, you know, not necessarily coming out, but understanding that you were homosexual at, at second grade. We talked about the, the, the difficulties of climbing in that tree in middle school and contemplating a lot of things. And we talked about the critical conversation your mother had to have with a school counselor. And we talked about high school. We kind of see, we got to see a, uh, upward trajectory of, of taking that next step. And then we talked about you coming into college and facing more barriers and more obstacles and then persevering. And then we talked about the dissertation, the beautiful dissertation that you wrote. We talked about a little bit about your professional career. When you, when you think back about it and you think about everything you've, you've, you've come through and everything you've faced and, what, you know, what are some of those names that stick out to you of people that you remember or that you thankful for in your life that you came across and you were like, shit, I needed this person at this time, you know? And I, and I know recently I talked to you and you shared some pictures, I think of an elementary school teacher maybe, but yeah. what are some of those people that just pop to you where you say, man, I really needed that person at that time? Because I know you've been that person for so many, but who are those people for you? Oh yeah, man. I um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been blessed beyond belief. I've I've had a choir of angels around me throughout my entire I life. Like that, a choir of angels. That's yeah. beautiful. I've had a choir of angels around me throughout my entire life. I um, I have had teachers who have had who have provided a safe harbor when I was getting bullied when I was getting physically picked on, when I was getting emotionally bullied, who allowed me to hang out in their classroom and became my friends. I mean, the truth is, like, they were my friends. I thought they were my friends, right? Um, I had the enormous privilege, and I'm going to say this on International Women's Day, like, I had the enormous privilege of being a man raised by a village and tribe of women Mm. you know i had two grandmothers who just wrapped me in the strongest cloak of love cheers boys and i you know my grandmothers the prayers of my grandmothers are still protecting me right now the prayers of my grandmothers are still protecting me to this day I had two aunts 
are strong and have loved me in various ways at different points in their lives. I had a mother who, in spite of her own trauma, raised me to be a man. And so I will say, all of us, no one ever gets here alone. No, no one. It takes a tribe, huh? And so, like, when you, when a door opens for you, you have the responsibility to hold the door open for someone else, and you have the responsibility to reach your hand out and pull that motherfucker right in. Like, you don't just hold the door open, you reach out and you pull them in. And I saw it with how you did when mentoring Eddie. I saw it with how you are with mentoring Pave. Think about Pave uh-huh. and how you do your... Um, your leadership team with your your group. Took that from you, yeah. You have won a national award, got national recognition. Thank you. National recognition, man. Oh. You know, you you but you did that, you got the national recognition. Do you think they would know how to lead? Had it not been by your example? You, you held the door open and you pulled them through. And so what I know, what I've gotten real clarity on is that who you are meant to be evolves from where you are right now. Who you are meant to be evolves from where you are right now. And so you, Eddie, I'm looking at you. You are the wildest dreams of your ancestors. The wildest dreams of your ancestors. No one if you look at no one in your familiar history would ever imagine sitting in a classroom, gaining the skills from a, a young man, from a parents who had a first grade and a third grade education from Mexico, who have worked in the fields their entire life, whose family has done the same thing. You are your ancestors' wildest dreams. You are going to have a master's in a helping field which will prevent trauma, which will prevent issues of anxiety, depression, self-harm which will uplift empathy which will uplift areas of um, love and respect and acceptance and tolerance when I tell you wildest dreams you are your ancestors wildest dreams no one in your family circle could ever imagine that a young man is sitting there and not only is a master student, but who is killing the motherfucking game right now. You are killing the game. You are the top of in your internship. You are the top of your class. You are killing the game. No one would have ever agreed that. No one would have ever thought that. But who you are meant to be evolves from right now. Hey, goddamn! You I'll ain't look, you ain't yeah. looking at me nor talking to me, and oh. I fucking felt that shit yeah. in my soul. And look, I I've known Eddie it. for three I fucking looked. years, and that fool looked at me like, "Hey, dog, I'm about to cry." Dog. Yeah, 
how do you? This, how does that feel? I mean, we make a joke course, because that's how we know, communicate. You know, first but. of all, I guess it, you know, I don't, I don't know. If, I'm sure it has a lot to do with the way we were raised and everything. Or I don't know, maybe just the the certain types of stereotypes we accept. You know, growing up as you know, me being a heterosexual man would be, hey, you don't know how to accept those types of compliments. You kind of just like, okay, like move on. You know, it's like I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? So. But I have gotten better. It's like, hey, I appreciate that. It feels good. Thank you. You know, so yeah, definitely makes me feel warm inside. You know, it's like, hey, I appreciate that. It's emotional, of course, if I really think about it that way. It's like, you know what? I have accomplished a lot. So I, I, I've been Fucking learning a, how yeah. to, you know, give myself grace as far as what I've accomplished, what I've done. So I appreciate that. And, you know, yeah, a lot of that comes comes from, you know, hey, like most people, I would say sometimes I fall short on certain days, right? Hey, certain days... I would say the day gets me. I'd like to think that I get, you know, I get one on the day most of the time, right? You know, so, but, you know, hey, Alex, you know, it's something that sticks by I me. Mean, he mentioned, hey, every day's a Super Bowl. You know, every day's Let's a go. Super Bowl. You don't know who you're going to meet. And, and we've had those situations where that day was the Super Bowl, and then I fell short, right? I fell short, and those days don't feel good, whatever the, the reasons may be. If it was stuff going on in your life, you know, you just weren't feeling good, you were sick. Hey, that day, hey, the, the the day one, right? You lost the Super Bowl, but again, I'd I'd, I'd like to think, and I feel that I do a, a decent job at most days. I win that Super Bowl. Fucking hey, right? I win that Super Bowl. So you know, I try to approach every day like that. You know, headstrong and saying, "Hey, I'm 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 gonna f- affect some type of positive change, whether it's in my life or in someone else's lives." And sometimes that just it comes from just. You, you, you know, it, it's a regular day for you. You, you go to your, you know, you go to work, you, you wake up, you do your thing, you go pump gas, whatever you're doing, whatever your routine is. But it's those people you come across that sometimes you just ask them, hey, how you're doing? Hope you have a good day. But you generally ask them, how's your day going? Hey, you know, you, you know, whatever it is, it's those little interactions that, that make you win that Super Bowl, right? It's like those little things that you, to you was just another day, but for someone that was like, their whole week, their whole month. Like you said earlier today, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's going on. Sometimes they just needed to hear those things at the right time, the right moment. Hey, for a lot of, I would say most of us come across someone that just needed to hear those words every day, you know? So if we're really like conscious about it as far as, hey, every day the Super Bowl treat it that way, uh, you know, yeah, I guess we feel good. So uh, appreciate the words. That's powerful. I'm, I'm yeah. I think I think I think you're such a powerful speaker, and I want to say you said something, but I, I don't I don't want to breeze over. You said, uh, you know, and and I'm sure you can relate to this as well, like as as a leader, right? Like sometimes we may you know open the door or mentor someone else, but what what I realize in in those moments is sometimes we get mentored by the individuals that we're supposed to be quote unquote mentoring, right? Maybe I can tell you right now, the shit that I have learned from both of you. I can't even. I, che- All I can say is cheers. Like, no, and, I mean, and like, like if if you want to talk about, like the, the fact is, is that we are all lifelong learners. Hundred percent, baby boy. I can, I, I can. All I can tell you is that I have learned from being in your presence. I mean, both of you. Let's be real. Let's let's talk truth, right? When I look at you, you are both. Beautiful, handsome, and let hyper masculine men, right? 
you're, you're, you, you present as very hyper-masculine, very successful, very, very typical of what you would say is the, um, is what, so what I will tell you what, if, if we're talking about my insecurities or what we're prescribed, what life teaches you or whatever the hell you want to talk about what we consume, I would, so if, if I, so let's say this, let's be real, uh, as a, as a, as a dude from a marginalized identity in terms of sexuality, I would look at you both and say those two are the, the people that you have to, um, that's the attainment mm. for masculinity. That's the attainment for masculinity. Just on the outside. So just, just physically looking at you two, like, and just not just seeing how you walk through this world. Like that's, I mean, like, that's what you need. So in my head, that would have been like, that's what you need for success. And then when I got to know you, it it was a gift and it was a mind blown thing because it was like, it was beauty. Yeah, It was beauty because it was just like beautiful. Uh, it, it, It wasn't working from a place of ego. It was working from a place of love. And it showed me that masculinity works in so many different ways because in so many ways in my childhood and my life growing up, I feared men like you, not because of your color, but because of your masculinity, because I associated it with straightness, right? I I associated with like heterosexuality in in a certain kind of brute kind of uh, uh, a way. And it always made me feel inferior. I never felt um, level. I, I would tell you that I never felt level or felt equal to men who were like you ever. I always thought there was this drop in leverage. And so I am grateful for the community and for the love that we have built because I feel a part of the table rather than away from the table. And I'm grateful for that. Now, that's beautiful, man. And and that's really what I was getting at because like, you know, I've learned so much from Eddie. I've grown as oh, a... Oh, hell yeah. You know, I've grown as... I, I've grown as a man. Yeah. Right? I've grown as a, like a, yeah. a young man learning to be patient, kind, compassionate. But what 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 I think is important to not lose track of is that, you know, your colleagues had said you have an instinct for making things happen and his ability to lead a future focused team. And what I I don't want to fake the funk. Like I don't want to sit up here and act it and Eddie chime in at any moment if I if I get funky here, but I don't want. I don't want to make it seem like I was old. Like I always viewed the world the way I did, and that's what's really important for me to remember to stay humbled and stay grounded. But baby, you were in a process of becoming. But that, just like I am, but, just like Eddie is. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that I wasn't always empathetic. I wasn't always no. um, non. You know, I don't know the right words and shit, but, I, you know, I, I viewed the world differently. But I get it. And and seasons and reasons and lifetime. Like, so this is the thing, baby boy, whether you were homophobic, whether you were whether whether you were a million things. You were in that space for a season because of whatever, whether whether you were conditioned by how you were raised, whether you were conditioned by the situations around you, whatever. But what I can tell you right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this on you for a minute. Okay. You could be a million things right now. Cause I know you 
and I know the situation you have overcome your the loss of your father yeah. who you love dearly. Yeah, big fact. Love dearly. And you know, you and I have had deep conversations about that. We have. You've overcome addiction in your family. 100%. As a as a trait, as a characteristic. Big facts. Um you've overcome issues of poverty and and abuse, domestic yes, violence. Yes. All, all of it. That, all of, all it, of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. So you, when you think of all that shit that informs trauma after trauma after trauma, the fact that you say I may not have thought it, I may not have thought of this in a certain way at, at a certain point in my life. I may not have been as open. I may not have been as accepting. I may not have been as inclusive. Yeah. Baby boy. <laughs> How the fuck else were you supposed to be? But this this is the thing. Like I don't I because I, I I don't want to breeze over it. Like this is a critical conversation and but the fucking the the common denominator. I did math and shit. The common denominators at the top, denominators yeah. at the bottom. Is that what Boo, thank you for teaching me. I no, did, yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. I, who knew? No, we who had to knew? break it down. We got to see who him in the room tonight. Who yeah. knew? Yeah. That's yeah. right. Special 16, ed math. 16 times. Special ed math. Special ed math. And look at him now. But the common denominator of it is because I don't want to breeze over it. And, and, and you're a master of fucking... You're the master of empowering. And uh -huh. hold up, hold up. Give me a moment. You're the master of empowering others and, and giving them the platform. But I'm going to be honest with you, and, and Eddie, I don't know, you can speak on it too, is that uh, a lot of that shit stemmed from our my interaction. I don't want to say our, I want to speak from my statements. My, my is not my statement, but my interaction with you and changing my perspective on the world, changing my perspective on leadership, changing my perspective on the view, a lot of things. So when we talk about being a change maker to dismantle barriers and empower all students to achieve their potential regardless of background or circumstances, you embody that fully, and I know Eddie has something to say on that, so I want to throw it to him real quick. Like, cause I, I know, I know we've had talks about this. Like, let's keep it a bug, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, going back to uh, you know what you said earlier, CM, as far as like, hey, you know, hey, Alex definitely he, it, it's uh, I would maybe you know maybe lack of exposure. One thing about Alex, hey, man, he just, he just loves people. You know, he He's just a loves lover. people. He's and, a lover. And, and that's the thing he and that's his energy. He, he's, it's he's one of those the things. Fuck did this come about? No, me? No, it, no, it became Spin about you. No, 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 no. I'm about to talk it, about it, you. I just want to, you know, because earlier CM mentioned like, hey, if it was like homophobia, it wasn't homophobia. It was more no, like, never that. hey, it was never that. It was like, hey, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So it's like, exactly. I'm tensed up. It, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Where exactly. sometimes so much anxious, you know, anxiety. We may say the wrong thing, right? It was it was always, but to never offend someone else. But it's something that we learned all together, right? Like you said, you you felt intimidated by us sometimes. Like, hey, like man, like you know, we want to make sure you know we make you feel as you know comfortable too. And I think it was once that we just removed all that and we just learned yeah, just to talk, just up. like hey, man, like you know, time, fuck it, let's just say yeah, like, title let's just too. Say, let's yeah. just say, hey, like hey. What are your sexual encounters? What are your sexual title two? I think title two. Yeah, I think I think that. I think title two. Like you know, I, I don't I don't come from a very highly educated background. So you see someone with with, with doctor, and you know, in my bio of this podcast, I put like from delinquent to doctor, from private to professor. We oh, talk yeah. to everybody. You know what I'm saying? 
stories, tales, lies, and exaggerations. So like that title alone is a barrier, right? <laughs> it's a sexy title, it right? It is yeah. straight out to me. Yeah, I came up with that last night. Yeah. So shout out to yeah. me. So but uh the reality of it is like that title alone, but then when we start to examine the title and we start to like that that's what I really found in this research I've done on you. When we go back before the title, right? You did a dissertation to get a doctoral degree. I did, baby. But before that, and then before that, and then before that, it's like, holy shit, this is a man, this is a, a, a individual that's been through a lot of shit, and I could identify with a lot of the shit. And that's where I feel like sometimes, you know, and you know what I mean? It's getting a little late in the night, so I don't want to, you know, we're going we're gonna to cut it short soon, but that's where sometimes I feel like you don't get the fair shake because... This conversation is a collection of conversations to educate others outside of me. That's why I really love that you pointed that out because that's really the fucking point of this where it's like you may see him on paper. You may see a, a LinkedIn post of him. He's smiling and shit in a little suit. But then when you get to know his soul, that man's got a really wealthy soul. He's got a really rich soul. And that rich soul is not through monetary. It's because of the fucking shit that he's endured, the adversity that he's faced, how resilient he is. So... That's really the first idea of this name of this podcast was critical conversations, but you taught me that. So I was like, man, I can't jack that. If I gotta come with the motherfucker, I gotta be original. You know what I mean? But one thing I will tell you this is young Eddie and I fun fact about young Eddie. I've tried to get him as a co-host of this podcast for me. I can see that. No, but check this out. He's turned me down four times. So now fuck hey, him. He's, he, he just lost you, out on a million dollar opportunity. Now he's just a guest. Yeah, right? Okay, he's just, just a guest, man. I only ask him for fucking one hour a week. One right? hour Hello. a fucking week. You know, he couldn't uh, do it. I'm too fucking my, busy. My schedule baby. is open. I, I, oh, God damn, baby. Let's do this. Look, no. I already have the thing from delinquent to doctor. Hey, you know what I mean? Hey, I was going to so say listen. from private to private to professor. Hello. But, man, fuck my schedule is so. a little open. So We're going to do that. I feel but attacked. I feel attacked. I feel attacked. You should. You should. The Mac attack. But let me go ahead, baby. Okay, so let me just say this. I, um, you know, the fact is, is that when I look at you, Alex, okay. and this is going to be about you for a minute, so I, I just need damn. you to sit with this. I need you to just sit with us. I hate sitting with them. We talked about it. We touched on the fact that addiction, we talked about abuse, we talked about a military career, we talked about a father loss. Again, who you are meant to be evolves from this moment. Big facts. When I look at you in this studio, I see you, and I see you with this equipment, and I see you with wanting to spread education. Shout out to Amazon. <laughs> Prime. Amazon Prime. Today delivered. Today. That's what that is. Shout out to Smart. <laughs> Nasty little no, boy. No, man. You know, that's when you know you get a genuine laugh out of someone. You get a little <laughs> snark. Yeah, too. man. It's pretty adorable. You know, I got to <laughs> say. It. I can Stop see, it. Man. Stop it. Yeah, I can so see. So you ah. are an adorable man. Thank see, you, Baba. I got to tell you. Thank you, Baba. But what I, need, what I need the viewers to know about Alex is that at the core of Alex's heart, and now I'm going to tell you right now, like, if you, I know there's not a camera set up with us. But what I need you to know is that Alex presents as a very, um, a very confident, heterosexual, uh, uh, male who is strong, who is athletic, who is attractive, 
who is confident, who is smart, who is who does not second guess himself. So in my mind, those are his word. Those are those are my words of how he presents. But what I need you to know is that even though you can't see that, that may not translate into how this views across the airwaves. This man is uh, he's vulnerable. He is loving. This man is loving. This man is loving. Let me tell you, I I will tell you, um, as a gay man who has survived a very brutal hate crime, very brutal, um, I will tell you, I have my guards up all the time, all the time, around straight dudes, all the time. And I see this man, and he makes me feel welcome. He makes me feel kind. He makes me feel safe. This man is intelligent. He's a teacher to his core. He is someone who uh, lives by experience and opens up the path of communication. He opens up the inclusion circle, and he invites people in. And so I need you to know, I need you to receive this motherfucker. Thank you. I need you to receive it. You are worthy of all the blessings that are happening in your life. That shit. And I thank you for being such a good teacher. I thank you for being such a good teacher because you, 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 you pull people in and you, um, you educate and inspire people who may never see you who may just listen to your experience and you widen the circle because you know that is your gift. That's your innate gift. That's your innate gift. So I hope you receive it. I appreciate that. He's, he's, done. he's gotten better at that. I've seen him. I've seen him kind of go from <laughs> like, it's like, oh, hey, look at that. What's that? You right. know, completely change right, the right, subject right, 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 to right. it. It's like, okay, let's sit here. Like no, he said, yeah. that's how he hates sitting. You know, his hips yeah. hurts, man. It's a lot yeah. of weight he has to carry. But yeah. see him, you know, I think, couple of times that you, you brought up, you know, the hate crime. Yeah. What? Is that something still that like, you know, oh, how I, often does it go I'll through be, your I'll head? I'll be like, honest what, with what, you. Like I, I, what, um, what happened that, I mean, any I think, hate crime I think traumatic, that it will right? trigger me the rest of my life. Like I, I mean, thank God for good counseling, mm -hmm. but I was attacked by multiple men for over three hours. I was stabbed. I was kicked in the groin multiple times so so badly that I was, um, I mean, severely black and blue that I, I uh, in the groin that I was dysfunctional for nearly six months. I, um, I have cut marks on my throat. And that's the, the crazy thing that people are like, I'll go into a party or whatever and be like, oh my God, you have a hickey. I'm like, no, it's, I, I mean, it's, I, it's not a hickey. Like, I wish I could say it was a hickey, but it's, it's a fucking knife mark. Um, I was choked unconscious four times. Had water poured on me, you know, waking back up to choke me out again. Like, I, I had a chair broken over me. 
it was just it was physically uh it was physically um decapitating and what i know it, the reason why i say that i know the prayers of my grandmothers are still giving me alive like when at some point in the night because this went on for over three hours I made a promise to myself. I was like, you are going to die tonight. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to die tonight. Like, this is happening. You need to try to be as calm as you can and as peaceful as you can that you're going to die. And, and I told myself that. And I tried to tell myself, like, you will not. So at one point, I did not let them see one tear. Like, I did not cry one time in front of them. Like they never, they never saw one tear as I endured it. And they had a bat. Um, and they hit me many times. And I never shed a tear. And I, and I bit my lip so hard that I bust, you know, that I broke to my lip. But what I told myself was you will not tear up for them. You not let them see you cry. And you are going to die. And then you're going to have to be at peace with it. God damn, but I remember scary. my grandmother's prayers was when I said that. There was a certain point in the incident that something in my head, something in my head spoke and said, fight. Get up and fight. Get up and fight. And I remember this burst of energy because I had laid down at the finally, at the very, at the very end I had laid down. And I just and I just said you're either gonna slit my throat, or you're gonna choke me to death. You're gonna do something, right? And I and so I just I just said you're gonna you're gonna lay down and you're gonna uh it's gonna happen. And and I just try to make peace with it. And so I was just praying silently. And even when they held my legs open, they held my legs open. And they were kicking me in the groin. They each came and kicked me like it was a soccer ball. And I was black and blue for four months after. And I remembered, I was like, you will not cry. You will not cry. And I, um, I saw it lay down and I was like, it's time. You're going you're gonna to go. And I remember there was a point in me that said, fight, fight, give and fight. And that's what I did. And I was able to get to my car because I was like, you're going to slip my throat. I mean, you've already cut it. If you're going to slip my throat, you can do it in the fucking parking lot. And so that was my grandmother's because I lost them both by And I remember, I remember seeing someone who had a psychic ability. And this is the craziest, craziest story. And I know this has nothing to do with what we need to talk about. And this could be a whole other podcast. So I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for talking this about it. This is everything we need to talk about. This is the best part. Um, so I remember... In my job, when I worked at Texas State, I interviewed someone 
for a counselor position. And she came in and she was old as hell. And she was this little abuelita. <laughs> and she came in and she shook my hand. And I said, hi, I'm you know, Dr. Bernal, I'm director of the department, good to meet you. Da, 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 da. And she shook my hand and she looked at me. And she looked at me and, and it looked like intense as hell. And I just thought, oh, Okay, that's a little weird. Because she didn't let go of my hand. And we did the interview. And then afterwards, after the interview, she said, Miho, can you walk me to my car? And I thought, yeah, I can walk, I can walk her to her car. I mean, clearly, she was an older lady. Like, right? Like, I'm going to walk her to her car. So I walked her to her car. And we got to her car, and she said, Miho, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah. And she said, I thought this was about me coming in for a job today. But she said, this was not the reason I was here today. Oh, shit. She said, the reason I was here today, and she, she said, can I hold your hands? And I put my hands in her hands, and I started crying immediately. You just felt something? Yeah. And she said, when I shook your hand, when you invited me to the office, I felt something. She said, do you recall that I grabbed your hand a little longer? And I said, yeah. And she said, when I shook your hand, I saw what happened to you. She said, I saw everything. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be uh, ugly. I'm not trying to be, I don't want you to be offended. Uh, I don't want you to be offended. She said, but you're, um, she said, you're gay. I said, yeah. And she said, but what I saw was that you were nearly killed. And so literally, I mean, this I had just been back to work like, Maybe a month and a half. After the hate crime. Yeah. Because I'd been in the hospital. And so she said, "Um, you had your grandmothers. Your grandmothers were on either side of you that night. And she said, you're alive because your grandmothers were fighting so hard for you. She said they were fighting them. She said they were fighting them. They were fighting them. She said, when you die, she said, you come back when you're the most confident in your life. And she said that one grandmother is presenting in her 30s. And she said her name starts with a G. And I called my grandmother, Gigi. And she said that's when she was most comfortable and confident in her life. She presents as she did when she was in her 30s. She said her other grandmother, her name starts with an M. And I called her my Mimi. And she said she presents in the afterlife in her 40s because that's when she was most confident in her life. And so she said when you die, you 
go back as the most confident version of yourself. Fuck. And she said, so they were right beside you that night. And she said, I want you to know they're on both sides of you right now. And they were on both sides of you that night. And they were fighting with you. And they were fighting for you. And she said at that night, when you got off your knees, that's because they picked you up. Because you had decided that you couldn't take anymore and that you were trying to make peace with dying. And she said they had picked you up with your elbows. And you started swinging. And you started fighting. And she said that was them pushing you to live. And she said, so mijo, I want you to know that angels exist. And she said, I want you to know that your prayers of your grandmothers are protecting you. And she said, and I want you to know the message that I was supposed to deliver today was not about an interview. She said, I won't get this job. She said, I wasn't actually supposed to interview for this job. This was about me giving you this message. And she said, um, just know that when someone passes, they come back as their most confident self, and they watch over you always. They watch over you always. And so that's the biggest lesson I've learned from the hate crime. That's the biggest lesson is that no matter how alone we feel sometimes, is that we're never truly alone. And that people who have gone before us that we love dearly are showing up in their most confident selves around us, whether we know it or not. Damn. I think that definitely needs some time to process, right? It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. You know, I, I think I think you know, I've learned this from you too. You know, things happen, you know, for you, not to you. And sometimes in the in the moment, it's kind of hard to to really understand that. But you know, in that case, that lady came in your life at, at the right time, right? Like that w- that was meant to happen. You, you needed to hear that. You yeah. needed to. Yeah, and really I and I think words. that um, Eddie, you, I, I'm gonna cuss you out right now. I'm gonna cuss you out a lot. Go ahead, do it, do out. it. We'll fight right now. What? Go ahead, fight. say it. Um, but I think that's a message we all need to know: is that when people leave us, when people leave us, we get stuck in the mindset of how they left us. Versus how they're presenting in the next level. Fact. And so, Alex, I want you to think about your dad. Mm-hmm. And I want you to think about when he was his most confident. And that he is living his most confident self. And if you look at the shit that you're laying down now, I want you to think about a vibration that is helping you lift that to your uppermost self 
And I want you to think about how you're getting to this fact of the studio, how you're getting to the fact of the education on the most significant levels. Yeah. And it's not from your father that was at the end of his life stage. It's most confident. It's from your father who was, it's from your father who was the most, his, his most strength, his, his most beautiful, strongest self pouring into you right now. You know what? That's what's most interesting is after hearing you share that story, like I couldn't help myself but think about the people that I've lost and then thinking about the, the, the it, you know what's interesting is like we. I almost wish I would have known what their most confident yeah. state was. Yeah. You know, because when we look at our elders and we look at people that were, you know, you, you, you talk about your mother, right? You talk about your mother and you you talk about the the Christmas and you talk about she was hustling. She was doing multiple yeah. jobs. When, how do we know when their most confident state was? Because their job almost as parents or right. the elders in our life are just saying, like, everything's cool. It's a right, wonderful, right? right, right, right. right. groovy. It's a 10-cent right. movie. We're going to figure this out. We're right. going to get through this. Right. But it's really interesting to reflect back and be like, fuck, when, when, when what? When were their most confident spots? Like, you know, when 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 were they the most comfortable? We don't know. We 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 can, we we can speculate. And I'm not I'm not like that. I just I, I don't do well. I, I think in that environment. So, what you know? But I do know the importance of it. Right, not robbing yourself or stealing that 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 gratification out of it. Hey, I just accomplished something. Once you start stealing that feeling away, then it's like, you know, you, you don't get that dopamine hit from from hitting a big accomplishment. So. One thing I do like is food, and I think you've been with, you know, we, we've gone to a couple of my favorite spots, and I think we actually shared a couple of meals together. Uh, I like going to steakhouses, so usually at the at the end of a big semester, in this case, you know, finishing up my master's degree, definitely a good steak, you know, a good maybe tomahawk steak, maybe good ribeye steak, good Ooh. steakhouse. That's that's usually what I like to do, and that's like that's steak. telling myself, hey, I'm a I know I'm gonna spend you know a little bit more money than I would on on a on a regular dinner, right? It's not that I'm nothing I'm cooking at home or, you know, uh, uh, nothing against going to to maybe like an Outback Steakhouse, you know. Shout but it's like, Outback. yeah, Classic shout out to Outback. House. But it's like, hey, I'm gonna treat myself whatever that comes out to. It's like, hey, the, 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 you know, it was for this and that that kind of just like a way to, to 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 reinforce and really condition myself to, hey, you accomplish something, you get this kind of meal. So that's kind of what I've been doing. So you're looking for so, that's it, motherfucker. You gonna get a fucking master's degree? You just gonna get a fucking little ribeye or I'm what? Get a meal. You know, hey, yeah, I got a good friend of mine is getting married soon, so oh, I'm right. a, I'm gonna use it as a as a way to to go on a trip as well. We're gonna be going to Cancun pretty soon, so you know, one celebrating my one of my best friends that I grew up with up, up with since preschool. Taught that little cat how to tie his shoes and everything. <laughs> Went to boot camp and Marine Corps together, and then uh, all right. now, yeah, uh, bro. So now now we're here and. Yeah, we're going to Cancun, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a few extra days there, you know, before the wedding, after the wedding, to be like, hey, this is a treat to myself as well for you know uh, the graduation. So yeah, we'll be going down there, so it's gonna be pretty fun. Hey, shout out to the big homie Alex. I ain't gonna give his last name because that fool's probably got a couple. Oh of yeah, we don't want him looking out. Yeah, but he's also that. known as the fucking beach bandit. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, so can I just can I? Did you say wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into that. You oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He we'll ain't get getting married. No, I'm not getting married right now. L listen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You see him at a yeah, fucking. Yeah, but the beach bandit, yeah. Yeah, he's a beach bandit. He's got a fucking. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how much we're gonna take young yeah. fucking Kamach. You know what yeah. I mean? We, we, he knows what's up. But yeah, man, he's been known to fucking pull out a goddamn uh, slithering snake in the out middle the of the sand. Yeah, yeah, you know, bury that bad boy. It's like kind of like a groundhog. Like that fool yeah. buries it, and then it just comes out, and you're like, oh my god, like it's a gopher. Yeah, he's like, we got three more what three more months of summer or winter? How's yeah. that go? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, oh my god, is there a gopher at the beach? No. It's Kamach. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, Shout out to that homie, man. Congratulations that, to that, you that, and that, already. That's part of this, the the celebration there. But, you know, at times I, I would get a little, you know, anxious. Like, all right, I find the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I, I think sometimes that that's that's how we all get caught up in that that rat race that we're trying to avoid. And, hey, I learned this from you. It's like, hey, man, why are you so in a hurry to just going to work you know it's like even if you end up switching jobs once you start that's like man that's it you're you're in there for however long you're in there so it's like you know what man i'm gonna enjoy this Uh, i feel you know blessed to 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 be in the position i am in now so it's like hey you know what i'm in no rush you know i'm in no No rush rush. i've worked before and you know at times you know hey even times in the military it was like all work no play where it's like hey you know now Sometimes you, you feel that that feeling of like guilt for for not being as like, you know, having a traditional work schedule and just, you know, being busy all the time with like, OK, well, hey, this is what I would have been doing if I would have gone straight into school at a high school. But I didn't take that route. Right. Or it's like I went a different route where it was always go, 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 go. So even though now that I'm older and I do get those little, you know, I get more free time, it sometimes feels guilty you know, just laying in that free time. So it's like, hey, you know what? You know, lear- le- you know, learning to just, you know, relax, stay calm, that comes with it too. So it's like one day at a time. We'll see what happens after that. One day at a time. Motherfuckers call it a sabbatical. Yeah. I think that's like where they take a little break, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. In our culture, it's like, man, get to work, motherfucker. Get to work. Hey, shout out to CM. He's fucking out there grinding Himalayan sauce straight from the Himalayans, right? Yeah, yeah. Where'd you get that Himalayan sauce at? I got it from Himalaya, man. From the Himalayas in the mountains? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. shit? Yeah, they shipped it out. Shout out to Amazon and to Alibaba out there. Yeah. Wherever they're getting shipped out from uh, maybe China. Yeah, I was yeah. like, man, like, please, like. There's other things going on. They're like, no, we're going to ship you this to sponsor the podcast. I was like, dude, I don't really want to sponsor. Like, nah, shout out to Himalayan Salt, man. They're a big advocator. Hey, real quick. So, young Eddie, what does it feel like to be a young brown man with, like, unlimited opportunity? Because you're one of the most. In all seriousness, man, like, we kind of, we kind of, we we spoke on it, but, like. But can we just say. Go ahead. Two. Young brown men who are open for limited possibilities. Can we just can we acknowledge that, please? Two young brown men, beautiful young brown men. Beautiful, but beautiful brown young young. Thank you for that. That that that's that's one thing that I realized about you, CM, is you're a true cheerleader. You've always been like in in people's corners, in, in people's lives, and and advocating on their behalf. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for that. I don't want to breeze over that. And real quick, so Eddie, like. Tie it all in, baby. Bring us home. Like, what's it like, me, CM? Like, from your stances, everything that you've been through, everything you've done, because, you know, you've been through some shit. You know what I mean? You're a war vet. You've been through some shit. So, what's it all like? Man, I don't know. I I guess some appreciate that, though, CM. Whatever you said right now. I know you said something nice. I already forgot. But I guess, hey, sometimes, you know, being in that that position where you're, you know, you, you don't realize 
how I guess you would have what people call like barriers and stuff. You don't you don't really see them and stuff like that. So it's just kind of always like, what's the next thing? How do I get over? You know, it's just like, hey, just all right, right. You know, everyday struggles on. You know, like I just got to figure out a solution. I feel like that that's helped me out a lot in in life, but. I would say, you know, struggles that I know of now that's maybe someone in my position would encounter would be, you know, things like and not knowing how to, you know, navigate that higher education system, whether it's applying, knowing that there's options out there when it comes to, you know, you know, financial aid and, you know, different ways to apply for scholarships, whatever it is. Right. If you want to pay for that higher education route for me, my my. You know, at the time, my only option that I saw was like, man, I got to go to the military, you know, so week after graduating high school, I ship out of Marine Corps boot camp. Right. And, 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 and that's a whole other conversation. We need to have another, another podcast will. about how, yeah. how men of color mm-hmm. traditionally have, that, that's the route that they see, right? The military. Right, is the, baby. So we need to, we need to, we need to have another, another, another podcast. Session, part two of 100%. it. This is part two. You know, I love part two to this. So yeah, I would say it's, it's a lot of that, man. And you know, People have different experiences in the military. You know, while I was in it, I think like a lot of people, I hated it, right? It's like, <laughs> man, I'm homesick. I want to go home. It's not for me, you know? <laughs> and then there's time where it's like, you know what? I could do this for life. But originally, <laughs> I went in there with the mindset, I'm going to do this for 20 years, you know? But then it took about maybe three months to realize, like, hey, I want to go home. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, I want to go home. It's like, what? You got to tell me how to shave? You know, I want to like, pick pistachio. Yeah, it's like, I wanted to brush the left side of my teeth, but they told me I got to brush the right side of my teeth. It was that kind of thing, you know? Fuck that. But, again, it's like those little things you learn a lot from it. You, you really do looking back on it. And, and for me, it was like, okay, I knew early on, all right, I'm getting out pretty soon. I need to make the most of it. So that's learning from different people building those friendships when we think of higher education, you hear of a lot of diversity and, you know, sure. uh, uh, equity and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I think you, for me, and some of us shared that first exposure to it, for me it was the military. And I think, man, you, you just get tossed into it because I was, you know, uh, you know, born here in the U.S. My, bar- my parents both came from Mexico. And then, you know, I was roommates with someone that was, you know, third, fourth generation in, you know, someone from Alabama or someone from Louisiana, you know, where it's like, whoa, you know, they, they, they grew up very differently than I did. So uh, at that and then their perceptions of me and my perceptions of them were like whatever the news pointed out, whatever the media highlighted. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you learn, you, you learn a whole lot. So going through all that, going in, into the position I'm in now to where I was able to learn a lot of different things, research on my own, like CM said, hey, you, you got to do your part too and go look, you know, seek seek that information a little bit further. So being able to do that, I don't know. I, man, I, I just feel lucky, man. I feel happy where I'm at right now. Everything feels good. Like, you know, you, you, you ever get that feeling, Alex, where you're just like, man, I'm not stressing about anything. Exactly. Right, the time you went on vacation, you know, you've been on a exactly. couple of different places. Like, hey, my my mind's at rest right now. Exactly, my mind's at rest, and it's almost scary. It's scary, yeah. Because you know, especially from the culture we come from, it's like complacency. What kills? So, yeah. So when you're that more. at peace, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and I got to deal with that every day. I think today is a perfect example of it, where it's like, yeah, I know I was doing stuff, you know, but it was a school day, strictly a school day. Yeah. 
for me, it was writing papers. That's a school day. You know, that's a, a difficult task for me where it's like I'm a very slow writer. And I told CM about that. I, I write very, very slow. I just can't sit there and, and do that. My thoughts don't come. I get frustrated. And uh, but I was like, OK, I, I what I've done to prepare for that is prepping for, for those assignments that are due months exactly. from now, weeks from now, ahead of time, stuff that I picked up from the military, which is like, you know, hey, get ready for it, right? Do a little bit Prepare. now, don't do a whole lot today, you know, cause that's how I overwhelm myself. That's what, you know, so I've been able to figure that out, but uh, yeah, that complacency, man, it does kill. So a day like today, a little bit slower, but learn to give myself great. Hey man, I, I, I'm working, exactly. I'm not doing nothing, you know, it's like, so, but I do have to make sure I check, check those thoughts. I think that's where you can instill so much hope, man, because like, uh, we, we we can't do it really justice on this this conversation. We're gonna do it on another one. But you're you're what we call a veterans veteran. You know what I mean? Like hello, we, hello. And and, and, and do, we, do we say model? Do we say no, 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 no. You know, with it? all due respect, see, my, you know, a, a, a veterans veteran is like um, it's an unwritten rule on you know, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to explain. But but a veteran's veteran knows what that means, and that what what I think that means in a in a in a safe space is like uh, been through shit, going through shit, will face shit, has different ways of dealing with shit, but's gonna get through this shit, and that's like the best way I can put it. Knows but how to come at the yeah. other end. Exactly, yeah. and and that's a veteran's veteran, you know. And anybody who knows yeah. knows can survive what, shit. Yeah, anybody who knows knows what. Shit. Yeah, through whatever mechanisms that is, and, and so, live to tell the story. Hundred percent, and 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 not only survive, but what thrive. There we go. That's the word we're looking at, right? So we're like, not only gonna get through this shit, but we're gonna be like, hey, we're gonna make the best of the situation. We're gonna come out the other end winning. So, yeah, yeah. So that's another. That's a, that's for another All day. All I do is win, win. Yeah, you, you look who yeah. sings that? that I, I, DJ Khaled. I think you look like DJ a Khaled. all I do is win. You look like a recovered DJ. Like you look like a, a DJ Khaled that got sponsored by like Weight Watchers because you thin. <laughs> you big yeah. thin, you know what I mean? No, yeah, I we the that. best. We okay. the best, yeah. Oh, my man's feeling good. Yeah, but that that's really the definition of of of, of, of Eddie's like a, a veteran's veteran. So yeah. not 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 only have you have 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 uh you know, because I, I don't want to make it seem like one of these things where other people have taught you, but I think it's fair to say that you've taught so many, and I'm one Hello, of them. Like me I, too. I'm 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 one of the teachers in Alberto's life class. Yeah, I'm also gonna turn it to you. I'm one of the teachers of you. I you, I, I'm a I'm a student in your class. Hell yeah, I'm baby! I'm a student in your class. Hey. In our class, we ring the recess bell like at eleven forty-five, and then we and go that's to cool. And that's baby, cool. Man. That's cool. <laughs> and I've learned some heavy lessons. Hell yeah, baby! No, and that and that, that's what's that's what's most that's what's most telling about. Look at this platform that you're teaching with. Hey, baby, we teaching this, all. Look at this platform that you're alternative teaching ways, with. alternative ways, but. Um, so I will tell you, as 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 head of special ed in London, when I was in London, oh, London, mate, London, you you get when I'm. So can I just tell you this one thing? What's that? Whenever I go to a bar, whenever I've started drinking, right? Yeah. My accent will get a bit thicker. <laughs> and I'll say, I've just arrived from London. It's my first time in this country. Uh, can you explain to me a, a tequila shot? Can I, can I, can you, can you help me understand tequila shot? Like, is it uh, suck, uh, swallow, 
is it is it what is it is it is it, is it there was the salt and the lime and the the salt yeah, the lime yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know what way what you think so that can I can it's I please like, have a can I can I please there. have a, a free tequila shot right can I get can I get a tequila shot for free please I can't tell you the number of times that you've done that baby and it's got me free shots all night long listen baby let all me night tell long. you something all night long baby but I know if we play you a good um uh what's his name um. I got, I got little friend in low blue. Garth Brooks, my baby. Yeah. Baby. Don't get me started Don't with Garth Brooks. Don't get me started. My, my Texas side will come out big time. Yeah. But I will tell you, I got when I go to a bar, in, in low places yeah. where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases yeah. my blues yeah. away. Like Listen, yeah. I will show up at a bar, though, and I will put on an English accent, and I will say I'm not familiar with traditional American shots. Can you please tell me what it's like to have a tequila shot, please? And this whole lick, suck, swallow with the salt, the lime, the tequila, I'm not familiar with it. Can I have a free one so I can practice? Oh, Pop. so that's how you get your... Baby, that's how you get it. You get it, baby, you get it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and you get it. You get it, you get it, you get it. Hey, one, one question I wanted, because... Hey, who wants to make a guess how long we've been going at this? Uh, maybe going on two hours. Should we be cutting this up into smaller maybe samples? Two hours. Nah, fuck that. We're running it because it's all it's all. Wisdom. Let's cut it up into smaller podcasts. It's a collection of conversations, baby. We have in real life. This is the conversation we probably would have had in different. In real life. In yeah. real life. But, but this, is a, collection of, this yeah. is a collection of conversations Look, with Alex Ortega. I love that shit. And you know, a like. A collection of conversations with Alex Ortega. Say it one more time. A collection of conversations with one thing is like you know that we're in the, like <laughs> this is actually funny to me but you know we're in a room of like we have a guest of a doctor because he came with notes yeah, like, I came with a twelve pack. Yeah, <laughs> I, I brought a uh, thing of squirt, uh, squirt limes, beer, factual statement, and a can opener. Yeah, and and can we're like, opener. hey, let's get this bitch started. We yeah. gonna have some deep. Fucking Doctor CM came with notes, eight pages, a pen, a stencil. He brought a fucking protractor. Eddie was like, "Why are you bringing if a protractor?" You look, if you look at them notes, them things are double spaced. Double too, spaced, so he double spaced them APA but, style. Check this out. This is one thing I realized when I've been peeping this uh, Dr. CM's notes. And it's crazy because true facts on the first page, it said Oprah Winfrey said. And uh, I want to tell a quick story about my, about, about my mentor, my guider, um, my, my spiritual advisor. Is that, you know, one time I, I, I was in a space with him when he was in his office. And uh, he was guiding me and mentoring me and, and giving me game and, and how to navigate this space. I think Eddie was there. And, uh, you know, I was looking at his bookshelf and and kind of a book stood out for me. And I kind of reached out to the book. I pulled it out. I flipped through it. And I, and I found an actual um, a page. I don't know. Like, I'm not like one of these people that like, you know, fate or anything like that. But it was a veteran, right? And I was like, God damn, like, that's a weird book for a veteran to be writing about. And the book is called The Wisdom of Sundays, Life-Changing Insights from a Super Soul Conversation by Oprah Winfrey. 
And I was like, damn, see, I'm like, got this book at your bookshelf out of all the fucking books. Number one, full disclosure, it was the book with the least pages. So I said, God damn, this is a book I can fuck with you. you know? <laughs> so I popped that book open. I fucking opened it up. True story, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I flipped to the first page. I don't know if you know the veteran I'm talking about, but he he has a he has a piece in here. And I was like, hey, CM. I thought it was a book about veterans. I was like, damn, Oprah Winfrey fucks with veterans. Shout out to Oprah. She giving shit out. You know what I mean? She giving <laughs> cars out and shit. I was like, hey, man, maybe I could get You a get a car. You get a car. You get a car. I was like, maybe I get a RAV4 out this Something. bitch. You know what I mean? Hey. So I flipped to a book, flipped to a page. I was like, hey, CM, can you know, by chance, can I, Dr. CM, can I, can, you know, by chance, can I borrow this book? He's like, you know what? This is being honest. Dr. CM was like, you know what? That, that, that particular book, you know, that, specific one means a lot to me um but uh you know i'm we'll talk about it we'll talk about it. so pretty much you know that's like a curve that's like when you go to a girl and she's like i got a man right so you're like yeah. you're like you 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 read the underline like roger i yeah. got it like i ain't gonna fuck with you so then like a week goes by i think he sends you the same one yeah a week goes by and this fucking book ended up at my door on my front porch you know and Essentially, it was like, hey, that specific book was given to me by a mentor. And it meant that physical copy meant a whole lot to me, which I respected in retrospect. Like, God damn, that's like, you know, like, fuck, that means a lot to me. But I saw you intrigued by this. So I'm going to send you a copy of this book that's going to get to your front door. And I know you got a copy as well, right? I got a copy too, yeah. And fuck man i remember i got that fucking thing first of all i was like shout out to amazon i got my fucking my egg Amazon, egg. you know what i'm talking about but yeah. i was like hey Prime man two days yeah i opened it up i cracked it open and i was like holy shit the wisdom of sundays that was the book that i talked about a week ago so i thought that was man i think that just talks about your heart and talks about your but but what, what i'm really getting at number one that was a sweet gesture that was a thoughtful kind compassionate caring fucking thoughtful gesture like that's when i was like that's leadership uber x like that's leadership times 10 that's true life i hear you i see you i feel you here this copy meant a lot to me here's your copy fucking grow develop be inspired and i, and I never forgot that shit and that's why i bring it up and i have this book at my table right now but what i want to know real quick or as long as the fuck you want what what what's so inspirational about this book? Where did you get that book from? Because I've never asked you this in public. I've never asked you this in private. So where did you get it from? So um, for me, huh, so for me, the leadership definition of leadership is that a leader um, a leader defines reality and provides hope. And for me, Oprah, even though I've never met her a day in my life, I've seen her speak publicly. I've watched her show. Um, she has taught me how that um, people care about how you're doing, even when the doing isn't so good. Even when the doing isn't so good, people still care about how you're doing. And so for me, in times of my life, I have had some fucked up times where I've self-sabotaged, where I have had the world weigh down on me, where I've had hard times. And people have stepped in and cared about me 
even when the, the doing wasn't so good. And so she has never been a former teacher. She's never been a former teacher. She's, she's, been a, she's at a platform, though. Yeah. And so for me, what I took from that is that that's the ultimate example of leadership of the fact that you don't have to be a formal teacher. You don't have to be in a classroom. A, baby. You don't have to be in a classroom. But you can educate and you can inspire and you can grab and you can pull and you can gravitate and you can love. I love it. And for you, look what you're doing. I love it. You may not be a formal teacher, but you are in a classroom. You're in a classroom where people can receive and love and receive and fulfill the messages that you provide. Goddamn, Stephen. Don't take, don't fucking put this on me. I want to know about this book because I, I feel like there's something there. Where'd you get this book from? Why did she inspire you? Oh, I mean, I mean, this, me. I mean, this book, The Wisdom of Sundays. I mean, I, I feel like it's a, it's a life lesson. It's a guide. It's a guide. It's a guide of all people who have thought about life in, mm. in, in meaningful and courageous ways and vulnerable ways who are not afraid or ashamed or um, who are willing to teach the lessons they've learned through hardship, through pain, through vulnerability, through wisdom, through hard knocks. I like that. And they teach you through grit and resiliency and grace. Through grace. Think about it. The very grace. We are all examples of grace. All of us are examples of grace. Grace. From the atom that formed us to get here. Your mama found your daddy. Right? And through one piece of <laughs> semen that showed up and landed and planted... <laughs> And formed you. I came out strong, baby. Yeah. Baby, strong swimmers, right? You almost strong fully swimmers. developed. Full, you almost stepped yeah, out with a you mustache. You shot out fully developed. I almost thought you shot out with a mustache, yeah. baby. I thought you were hashed with a mustache. That was a big one, too. But the fact is, is that no matter what your mama should have done, no matter what your daddy could have done, no matter what they didn't do, no matter what they could have done, you have learned to encompass your life in the ability to say, it's not about what my mama didn't do. It's not about what my daddy should have done. It's about the fact that I'm overcoming trauma. I'm overcoming and I'm embracing resilience, I'm embracing grit, I'm embracing grace. And I'm going to form my life in a way that manifests learning, love, liberation. And I'm going to lead the way for people who grew up like me, for people who didn't grow up like me, to see that there is a way to ascend. There is a way to aspire. There is a way to elevate there is a way to imagine themselves into a future that they did not know that's beautiful that's beautiful that's powerful shit powerful yeah you know for me specifically man i don't i don't, I don't know if y'all saw but I, I had this book on my on my my main get down in my pad i have you know what 
like not even like to keep it real, I have it next to my Bible. You know, those are two books that I have in my living room on my coffee table. I try to read daily. Do I read them daily? I struggle, but I try to read daily. And and I've read so much and I've gotten so much. It's kind of funny because it said like the wisdom of Sundays, and I was looking into it. And it's, it's like there's almost a play on church there, right? Like and 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 I because baby, to, let me tell you right now, man fucks religion exactly. And spirituality can come in so many ways. Different ways, man. That's why I love, I, you know, we have different points of views, but I love the fact that spiritually comes in different ways. And I, and I, and, and, and I try to read a story, a, a wisdom session on Sunday, and I just get quiet. I get quiet. I get fucking quiet. I, let, I sit with silence, and I try to read the Bible on Sunday, and I try to read, you know, one, one of the stories on Sunday. So I appreciate that. That's helped me grow so much as a leader. And really, really what I've learned from, you know, I think we talked about it today, but not only do I learn from a doctor, right? Shout out to the motherfucking doctor. Let's Shout out to Dr. Renault. <laughs> doctor. Doctor, right? but, but in all seriousness, but, in all seriousness, like I also learned from my peer here, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've learned so much from Heriberto Garibay. He's taught me to be a better man, be more humble, be more respectful, be patient, have grace. So it's like that that that's why we fuck with this a collection of conversations because we go from private to professor, yeah. we go from delinquent to doctor. Like it's it's fucking broad. And we're in community of love. Like we're in community. Like I look at you both and I'm like, you are my fucking brothers. hundred percent. Like I learn from you. You're both masters of communication. You're masters of emotion. You're masters of of spirit. Spirit. Hell yeah. The spirit real Baby, I'm going to tell you something. Real recognizes real. Fucking A. Real recognizes real. Eddie's a real motherfucker, and so are you. And, I and so ask is Alex. Yeah, yeah. I'm Let's a, name that. I'm a real motherfucker. Let's name yeah, that. Catch me at the Let's motherfucking strip club. Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah, Catch angels. me outside, bitch. Hey, real shout quick. Hey, man. Shout out Angels. Shout out Angels. Angels fucking out uh, Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. Time. What, what else? What else you want to shout out? Uh, Library. Shout out Library. library. Shout out Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. Shout out the break, break room. room. Shout out the break room. <laughs> 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 you know, Angelos. Biggs. Bryans. All the local fuckers. Hey, man, we go over there and we have community. We build fucking rapport. We build a, a collective, a conversation. Church is wherever you build it. Church is wherever you build it. And we we on two hours, 30 minutes, 38, 39 seconds. And so I want to wrap it up with this. I love y'all. I'm great for y'all. Dr. CM, Eddie, you first. Hit me with a quote. I, I don't prep y'all with this because I want to think of a quote that just comes to your mind when you love a fucking quote. Third leg quote. What's a quote? In all seriousness, man. Like, what's a quote that inspires you, motivates you, keeps you fired up? And I'm trying to start right now so you have time to think. Yeah, I guess the most recent one, I don't know where its origin is from. Maybe this person knows, but it's uh, take up space, man. Take up space. So that's something that that, that hit me at the right time. and, And it's something I take. I have to remind myself, hey, take up space, take up space. And what that meant for me is, I guess, uh, Everyone could interpret it their own way, but for me, it was like, hey, be comfortable in your own skin with who you are. If that means going into a room or if wherever you're living at, you have to be comfortable in who you are, where you don't have to accommodate to everyone else and and and, and you know push your feelings or, or or things that you know you might want to do or like away or, or 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 hide them. You have to be able to hey take up space. This is what I like. This is how I like things. You know through vocalizing it too, but hey, the way you walk into a room too, the way you 
you sit in a room, the way you present yourself, take up space. And I think that's something that, that sits dear uh, to me. And I, and, and I heard that at the right time and really changed my perspective on things. And I think uh, that person knows who said it. And that was Mr. CM over here. I don't know where he got it from, but yeah, take up space. That's one of my, I guess if I had to share, uh, share a quote that's off the top of my head, that's what comes to mind. I'm going to tell you, Eddie, baby boy, Hearing you say that, I receive it, and I want to, um, you know what? You take up space, continue it, and teach people how to treat you. Teach people how to treat you. When you interview, when you work, when you intern, teach people how to treat you, man. You are the legacy of the ancestral wisdom that you come to the table with, man. Appreciate that. See, you know, you I, don't come to the table with nothing. Whoever, whoever the fuck thinks that you're this first gen, you're, oh, we're going to teach him, we're going to teach him, we're going to teach him. No, baby boy. You are about to be the teacher. You're about to be the teacher, right? Yeah. And so you take up space and you teach people how to treat you. And you teach the lessons that you know from your growth. Tie that all in, you know, and again, that that's how I interpret it. And I know you when you first mentioned it, you, you, I think, broke it down in a different way. So, you know, to you, taking up space means exactly what? It means understanding how to walk into a space authentically, recognizing the space that you're in, and trying to show up as much as you can, wholeheartedly, unapologetically who you are and learning to bring in the ancestral wisdom that you carry into the space to claim, to resonate, to acknowledge, to honor yourself and those who were never invited to the table. That's pretty groovy because like we ask this question and we talk about your leadership, Dr. Clint Michael Renault, and then, you know, one of the one of the the first quotes that I call him Young Eddie. He gets mad when I call him Young Eddie, but I'm going to fucking call him Young Eddie. He's growing and sexy and educated. He's about to be master, master Eddie. I don't give a fuck. Master I don't Eddie. Give a fuck. Master I Eddie. call him Young Eddie. I'm the only one who gets allowed to call him Young Eddie, and if he wants to share some shit, we can talk about it, but I don't like this young other you can, fucking... You can take him. You can take him. These other fucking names. No, I call him Young Eddie because of a, a long story of one of his homeboys, but our Young Eddie boy, so it's up to you. But anyway, but he gets Young Eddie, so... It's important because we talk about leadership and then young Eddie's first fucking response is like a leadership lesson that he learned from you. And I was there. We don't have to go into details, but it's, it's just, it just fucking, that was genuine. That was sincere. I didn't prep nobody with these fucking questions. So, yo, that's magic. That's leadership. That's special. Dr. CM, what's your, what's the first quote that comes to your mind? I'm going to share mine. Oh, shit. Um, um, Uh, God damn, this ain't a multiple okay, choice. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Here math go. question there, see? Oh, it was, oh, you yeah. dirty. <laughs> yeah, that's a shot, that's a low. Come on, that was I'm a sorry, my bad. Oh, man, I that was a dick ass. ass. All right, so here we go. Uh, that's a fucked up. Never sorry, doubt man. that a small group of citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that has. And that was by Margaret Mead. Never doubt that a small group of citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And I would say... Be bold, be strong, 
when you know change needs to happen, do everything you can and be present and be willing to take the blows that come with it. Yeah. Fucking real life, huh? Real life. With words right there. Baby. Say it one more time slow so I can write that shit down. Go ahead. Um, We'll have to replay it, you know? Um, We'll have to replay it. Yeah, we're going to replay it. We'll loop it back around. That's powerful shit. No, I I know that's emotional, so so I'll share mine. So no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen. And that was through Theodore Roosevelt. I'm going to say one more time. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And for me, the reason why that's important is because I don't know a lot of shit. No, I don't, I don't no, know I will say that's deficit thinking. Okay, okay, but goddamn, let me tell my story. So I don't okay. know a lot of shit, right? I, 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 oh shit, he's I, a very smart motherfucker. I'm he's a, a very fucking handsome smart. motherfucker too. But he is. but one thing, one thing that's a hundred percent from any team I've ever led, whether it was from the army as E five started, didn't know what the fuck I was doing to now, barely know what the fuck I'm doing. One thing that I do know is that the people that I fucking in charge, you know, that I lead alongside, that I follow the journey alongside, is they know I fuck with them. They know I yes. care. They know I, 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 I'm in the fight with them personally. So yes. they, they may look over the shit I don't know because they know I care about them. They know I want them to win. They know I'm there with them. They know I'm em- empathetic. And I, so I, that, when I found that, when I found that quote, I was like, God damn, that's, that's a little bit of me. So no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Love them, take care of them, lead with them, stand by them. Everything else is gonna be all right, baby. So the rapid fire so, question, we're gonna wrap it up. Can I just tell you? Ahead, can Papa. I just tell you, Papa? Go ahead. Listen, throughout your entire leadership career yes, at sir. the university that we worked at together. That's me. You have exuded nothing but care. God you have exuded right. nothing. And so what I want you to know about your leadership style, it is empathetic. It, your characteristic is caring. It is creating cultures of care. It is creating cultures of inclusion. It is creating cultures of ex- acceptance. And, and it creates a culture of people who want to exceed and elevate to next levels. Okay, so it. you are teaching next level leadership. I appreciate you that. You are teaching next level leadership. Let's get that shit. We don't get we don't get tired. We just get hungry. We don't we take the stairs, and uh, every day is Super Bowl. So real quick, this is where we get shit serious. We got five minutes. Shit's gonna go groovy as a ten cent movie. Would you rather have legs or arms for the rest of your life? You you gotta you gotta eliminate two. Would you rather Maybe arms all day? Okay. Arms all day. <laughs> I go with arms. <laughs> Arms. So you rather so arms, yeah, you especially walk the right, arms. especially the right arm. Yeah, the right arm. So, so I'm a lefty, but I'm saying like <laughs> you could walk on your arms. Technically, you could do a handstand. Wait, hold on. Is so that a snort? Oh my god, a snort! Hold on. Oh so god. neither of you legs. You're going no, no legs. I go legs, with arms. Fucking legs. Yeah. Arms all day, baby. Arms all day. You I'm my best friend. I am my best motherfucking yeah, friend. Aggressive. Okay, right? Eddie. You, quick question for you: uh, <laughs> Red or green sauce? Sauce. Green sauce. Red sauce, baby. Why green? I don't know. Green sauce I just tastes a little bit better, a little bit sweeter. Why red? No, red sauce is a little bit more, more caliente. It's a little more. Uh, it's a little more hot. It's a little more spicy. I like that. This was not a hey, sexual question. I like CM. that. This was. I mean, baby. I like me. that. I like that. Hey. You wake up in the morning. 
I, I, hold on, hold on. You wake, no, you wake up in the morning. <laughs> first thing you put on, hot water or cold water? What type of hot? What type of get down on you? Hot water. Are you sure? Bubble yeah. bath or shower? CMU. Bubble bath every <laughs> damn day. Hello, Whoa. I got bath bombs galore. Listen, listen. For a long time, I was a shower kind of guy, but have you ever taken a bath? Man, yes, a bath hello, is relaxing, it's, it's man. amazing. Bath, it's precious. I, I've never done a bubble bath, but no. I've done a bath. Okay, I've I'm going to give you some real bath, quick. Hey, this bath ain't bombs. a debate. We're getting into this. Eddie, real bombs. quick. Pedicure, manicure, what you get first? Oh, I'm going to get the petty. So petty is... Yeah, the I'm going to get the feet. I'm gonna okay, the what feet you going to get? I'm going to get the mani. Oh, you're going with hands. Yeah, yeah, I need it to be visual. Okay, oh, I like that. I like that. Whatever that means. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tamales or tostadas, Eddie? What you going for? What Come kind on. of tostadas? No. Chicken tostadas, no. chicken tamales. No, don't, don't yeah, try to make this difficult. Bitch, let's go with t- uh, tamales all the day. So both of you are going with tamales? Hello, hello, yeah, we're hello. Going with tamales. But can I just say I was the original because this one had to wait for five yeah, minutes? You I mean, did have to stop. What kind of tostadas? What kind of tostadas? Well, I had to ask Baby, questions. No, tos- tamales all day. There's some very good tostadas. No, you know what I mean? Not over tamales. Okay, final motherfucking question. Hold on. And this is a serious question. Okay. His voice got real So I'm going to ask you first, Eddie. I don't want you no chiming in over here. I want you to think about this thought. Eddie, who wins in a motherfucking fight? This is serious. Think about your fucking ass. You're lucky. You know what? I just changed everything up. I'm asking you first now. Eddie, you get the second response because he wants to be a genius. Who wins in a motherfucking fight? A bear or a lion, and why? You have you have thirty seconds to answer. You have thirty seconds to think. Go. Oh my god. Bear, Papa, a bear or a lion? Yes, and think about that. Papa, and it's a why? Lion. Okay, hold on. He's gonna claw that motherfucker, and he's gonna be like, ah, 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 ah. I got you, bitch. I got you, bitch. Ah, 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 ah. Is that your official answer? <laughs> he's gonna scratch on. Okay, the stop. Your goal. First of all, I don't go. I would say bear. Okay. A bear wins that fight. I think they have a, a no. more powerful. Uh, okay, go a ahead. more powerful like jaw, like a clamp. I think they're okay. stronger than the lion. I like that. And I think overall, their their size, their size beats the lion. Okay. Beats, well, goddamn. And it has to run away. It climbs up a tree faster than the lion. First of all, fucker. Yeah. Hold on. This ain't all. a debate. Y'all are entitled to your own perspective. Look. Hey, this was a beautiful night. It's it's uh it's a beautiful night to be alive. Hey, thank you both for being out here, being vulnerable. Uh, you, I hope you all felt seen, heard. And rem- reminded that you were valued. We love and you, baby. It's a beautiful fucking night to be alive in. Alex Ortega is the chief master of fucking podcasts. We love God him. He's right. a he's you a motherfucking go- he's right. a motherfucking educator, artist, and he's a gift to this world. And let's give it up to that handsome motherfucking Alex Ortega. <laughs> that being said, hey boys and girls, it's a beautiful night to be alive. Hey, fuck with us. Do your thing. Be groovy as a ten cent movie. We trying to we trying to do special shit. So I'm gonna leave you with all out with their sexy voice intros. Sober. You were Can we take a picture of us together? Can we take a picture of us with our little thingies? Doctor Clint Michael Renault. And that was a long ass podcast. The best time of your day is right now because you are now listening to a collection of conversations.